0: Welcome to another rip roaring white water rapid episode of Pod Like a Hole.
1: Somehow it always seems that I'm dreaming of something. I- never be a dozen by me, cause I will always be that pimp that I see in all of my fantasies.
2: I don't know your fucking name, so what less?
0: Tonight we are going to be discussing Steven's recommendation nomination of System of a Down's 2001 record, Toxicity.
1: Screaming with me, the only way that I can truly feel From my fucked up reality So I've dreamed and struck it cause it's so fun to see
2: My face staring back at me I don't know
1: your fucking name So what, let's fuck
3: we had to get some new metal into this. We had to get some new metal into this season and this seemed like the most uh, uh the, the best way to go about it without regretting our choices we made in our lives.
0: New Metal, uh, where we can get silly and uh, serious all in one song, all throughout one album. You can, you can
3: order, you can you can make a pizza and talk about genocide in one breath.
0: Oh yeah, uh, definitely there is an album uh, and a song on that album that gives us a pizza recipe, uh, and so thankfully we're not going to be talking about that song tonight, but I'm sure Eric is... Uh, nodding his uh, head in disapproval because he is not
1: a fan. <laughs> oh, not that fan. song! That song is Exhibit B. Don't worry, I'll I'll save it. But move on.
0: Moving on. Um, so before we get into our, uh, you know, normal shenanigans of talking about, uh, you know, artists and bands and album track by tracks, things that we enjoy. Uh, we like to check in with each other you know it's a new year it's a new you uh we're all putting on the best versions of ourselves because we are coming into 2024 it is a uh, new horizon um we got an election year ahead of us boys it's going to be a rough one um we're going to be white knuckling it all the way through the end of the year um Thinking maybe fascism uh, might be in style. Who knows? We're going to find out towards the end of the year, but uh, let's not get too serious because System of a Down, I'm sure, will probably comment on that at some point. Um, But gentlemen, did you have a good holiday? I know the last time we all checked in with you, uh, both listeners and uh, hosts alike, we discussed our favorite Disney films. We discussed our holidays. We discussed our holiday traditions um, So now it's the uh, Post-mortem segue. let's get into the news Alright, the news Cue
3: the uh, Larry Three, Sanders two. Theme music Live
2: on tape from Hollywood The Larry Sanders Show Tonight, join Larry and his guests John Lovett.
3: News Lovitz. Now these news notes are a few weeks old because we've been we've been sitting on recording this one for a while, um, so we got a, kind of a spread here. First, let's go with the a, a new album that came out. Is, is it going to be in your recommends too, the Peter Gabriel album, Eric?
1: I've been recommending that all year. You can you can just talk about it.
3: Well, it finally came out, and the reason you've been recommending it all year is because of his. Uh, goofball music release with the moon cycles but <laughs> yes. that, album, that album finally came out it's called io and it's good it's great, it like really it's, great. Good. it's great uh if you, you
1: uh, i recommend you listen to the dark side release of it uh i think just think the production's better on that one uh or if you're inclined to Take a gummy and go to the dark side of the moon.
3: Uh, The inside mix is a good time as well.
0: That's my jam.
3: What makes the gummy, what makes the inside, what what makes the, the inside mix more uh, goofball? Spatial audio, man.
1: Spatial audio. It's full Atmos mix. It's just totally
3: immersive. That's Atmos. Totally immersive dude. Auto erotic. Interesting.
0: Auto erotic definitely being the operative
3: word. Uh, band we like on the show, Health, they're coming to they're locally going on tour, they'll be coming to Roseville, California, which is that's where Mark lives, for God's sakes. So, those tickets went on sale. That's on uh, April 1st. I almost bought them yesterday, and then I said, I'll buy them later. So, we'll see if Steve uh ends up not going, but I should. (laughs) They're only $36 after fees, but uh, you know. I got, I got, I got, I got pissed off because they don't have a, a box office. And I was like, God damn it. This place is down the street. Why can't they have a box office so I could go there and buy them and have no fees. So then I, I closed the browser and I was like, you know,
0: Steven is, uh, protesting the $3 or $5 fee.
3: Uh, it's three 99 for one fee. And then it's $6 for another fee. It's ridiculous. Ugh.
0: Highway robbery. Biden's America.
3: Right. Yep. And that's another band that put an album out, Rat Wars. That that came out since we last recorded. That's great. I it actually is think really Rat good. Wars, I, I think it's better than the Peter Gabriel album.
0: Speaking of Rat Wars, I have a dead rat in my attic right now that we can't find, and it's just going to be stinking up the joint. Uh, so we moved my daughter out of her room, and she's spending the night in Jack's room, waiting for that goddamn thing to just finally decompose and mummify wow.
1: Mark, I'll tell you that yeah. what, what hold we Hold on a
0: did. sec. Hold on a sec. Before before we get into it, I know that we already got past this, but this fucking rat has cost us two grand trying to figure out what, what the fucking smell is. No,
1: no, Mark. Yes.
0: How? Yes. We thought it was mold. We thought it was mold at oh, first, no. and uh, then we had to have a mold inspection that cost six hundred dollars. Then we had oh. Clark come out. Uh, Yeah,
1: we'll Uh, take it. We'll take this offline. Mark, we'll take this offline. But we had this exact same thing happen in Lewis Walls last year. Uh, There's a way they can spray something in your entire attic that will decompose anything that's dying much faster and your life will be back to normal.
3: No, it's it's a shame. It's a shame we didn't record earlier before Mark spent 2000 bucks on this. And Eric could have (laughs) given us advice. Somehow this is Eric's fault um (laughs) that's fine i'll (laughs) take that i'll take that rat wars great album though love it
1: number (laughs) number three on my album of the year and uh might be number one if i didn't just come out in december and i had more time with it but it's so it's so good so it's good
3: good health is good like i said i didn't do my usual run through of all the bands we've talked about so I, i barely got any news items let's see what else is going on here Uh, We went and saw Skinny Puppy. I mean, that's newsworthy. We went and saw Skinny Puppy. Haven't recorded since. Well, we have recorded since, but we didn't talk about the news. Um, yeah, that was fun. We went and saw Skinny Puppy. Mark should have been there, but he wasn't. Too many, too many shows at the end of the year. Yeah, it was the end of the year and is in San Francisco. But it was really good. They were really good. Actually, better than I expected. We stood really close. Um, God, they put on a good show, and it's just amazing they make all that noise with just like four dudes. Um. And the drummer was out of sight. Uh, Kevin Key, like, he's on his little building over there doing all the, the keyboards and soundscapes. And then Ogre was dressed like an alien for the majority of it. And then took his, his mask off for the encore. And uh, great blended set list. I just, I don't have much more to say. I mean, they didn't play like Tester. I could have standed to hear that song, but they've got so many good songs.
1: No, I, I, I loved it. I've never seen him before, and I was in hog heaven uh, just watching him go. The stage theatrics were fantastic. Some story about how humanity, like, essentially abuses anything foreign, and, and, and Ogre was the alien, and they went through a lot of great songs. Like Steve said... 100% the songs we wanted to see, but good enough because they have a lot of great songs. And then when it was over for their two encores, Ogre just came out in his civilian clothes, his civvies, and he was just so happy to be there. And he thanked everybody and talked about San Francisco and living in San Francisco. Like, and just they went into some old classics and it was it was so good. I was I was so happy. It was a uh, food my bucket.
3: Yeah, friend of the show, friend of the show, Sir Rob went with us. And he was the only person, only person in attendance, I think, that actually bought a keyboard from Ogre One. He drove down to Ogre's house once and just bought a keyboard.
0: That's that's great. I'm glad that Sir Rob uh, went with you guys, or at least met you guys there. That's
3: uh, we all drove together. No, we we drove together. Yeah, well, I didn't want to bring it up and rub it in at the time. But I sat in the
1: I, I sat in the car seat in the back, and uh, yeah, we all drove together. It was great.
3: Good old bar hose. The highlight of the endeavor was that uh, on the way down, for some reason I was like, you know what? Ar- is Dream Theater actually good? And I didn't think I was a Dream Theater guy. And then we put on this Dream Theater song at random, and it was great. And I, I think we became Dream Theater fans that night. So there you go. I hope you make sure
1: Well, and then, you, then, then it played another song. And you're like, ah, hold on. What, what album was that
3: last song? <laughs> hold, uh, hold on. <laughs> and you skipped a few and then, it yeah. It turned out like a very, yeah, a very specific version of Dream Theater. Um, so yeah, that was that. Not a lot of other news. The only other news I have is that a Christmas gift to me was that over December, my son has developed an affinity for Primus. And he always wants to put on Jerry was a race car driver. And then he started exploring other primus songs. And uh, I put a little uh, Bluetooth speaker in his room with like Alexa on it or whatever. And he says, like, hey, Google, hey, Alexa. The Google here is talking. Listen, play primus and just listen to primus. (laughs) Hey, Google, stop. Um, anyways, yeah. Having of all the bands for one of my kids to just start liking Primus is probably like top ten that I'm like, oh, this is wonderful. Walking by his room and hearing Jerry's a race car driver over and over again. Oh, it's wonderful and uh, not so great for my wife. So there you go. I uh, that Primus appeals to to
1: uh, all ages for sure especially younger ages
3: Yeah, Zany and Cartoony and Spronky. Um, anyhow, that's that's the news. God, there really wasn't much news tonight, folks. I'm sorry. It's the end of the year, everybody's wiped out. There's nothing new. There's no new news. <sighs> Rex plugs. Plugging like a hole. Mark, what do you got? So, uh I know
0: I had talked about this, but I i mean, aside from preparing for this episode, I have been going through the films of Michael Mann, uh, so I've been uh, completed everything up until his latest release, Ferrari, starring Adam Driver, <laughs> and I haven't watched that one yet because I don't go out to the movie theaters because I'm a cheapskate, uh, but I will say... Um, Reviewing some of his movies, I have uh, grown an incredible appreciation for the man's uh, directing style. Uh, one thing that jumped out at me at first when I could care less when it first was released was Miami Vice. I know that Steven was always waving that flag, but uh, that one was good. Miami mm-hmm. Vice was good. Collateral was great. Um, he always like brings in really great music into all of his scores and soundtracks Black Hat, his latest one from 2015, was not that great. It looked like a straight to DVD movie um, starring Chris Hemsworth. Uh, I know that we didn't talk about this, but go ahead, Steve. Yeah.
3: I hear there's a, yeah, you're not going to get better video quality. I think it was like the first time he tried to film in digital or something. I don't know. But uh, Uh, I think
0: he brought digital into when he filmed Collateral. Okay. Um, and so it's it's he's used that 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 thing for a while. It's just I think the production budget wasn't very high. It was a huge bomb.
3: Uh, apparently um, there's a, there's a better cut of it. Um, I was reading that one of the big events in the movie that's supposed to start in the middle, they moved it to the start of the movie. And then if you actually have that inciting event invent, in the middle of the movie, it builds up to it and it works better.
0: I see.
1: I release see. release the man cut.
0: That's right. Uh, I, that I, I always film. enjoy a man cut. Michael Mann, good stuff. The Keep, absolutely bonkers. Uh, yeah. You can skip that one. I know Eric's probably loves that one, but uh, oh no, it's not.
1: It's cool. not great. It's not great. But it's such such a baffling, uh, intriguing film that I think it's you're gonna get something out of it. But no, it's not good by traditional measures. <laughs> God
0: no, God no. Um, I yeah. I mean, if I was to fire off my top three Michael Mann films, it was obviously Heat, number one with the Bullet. Uh, I, I enjoy Last of the Mohicans quite a bit because it has a awesome score and, of course, DDL, Daniel Day-Lewis. Um, and, God, I, if I had to say my third one, might be Collateral just because it has TC in it. I don't know. Manhunter? Um, Manhunter's good, uh, but, you know, it's got the guy from CSI on there. William Peterson is not necessarily my, my guy. <laughs> Manhunter's good, though. Thief. Thief is Thief really might, good.
1: Thief might be up there for me, but yeah, it's not a
3: bad choice with the Collateral. It's good.
0: Yeah. Um, I do like Collateral. Quite a bit. Miami my Vice fav- is really good, too.
3: That's My favorite Mike, Michael Mann is not the movie Miami, Miami Vice, which I do like, but just the, the fact that he made the TV show Miami Vice. So
0: it really made me like want to go back and watch the show just because it has like a really cool scene that I saw online of uh, Tubbs and Crockett with uh, in the air tonight, riding in the in the, uh, in the convertible. God damn! Yes, and I guess, know that um, Peter Gabriel is all over that fucking show too. Yeah,
3: you know, good music and guest stars galore on that show. Um, I always thought like, Miami
0: yeah. Vice was like a version of like uh, uh, Magnum PI.
1: But set of
3: in it. Miami. I mean, still, it kind it's of it's a little more stylized, but
1: I mean, yeah, it's a crime of the week, and there might be some threads that carry on over the season. It's it is what it is, but it's got more style than a lot of the stuff from the eighties. I'll say, yeah, like, they're
3: like the music is great. I like the you know, yeah, it's stylized and directed well, but then uh Edward James almost. <laughs> yeah, they've got a lot of great guest stars, including Frank Zappa, um, <laughs> and. Uh, you know, Clarence Clemens was on there once. <laughs> so, yeah, uh, the tracks. If you go, if you go, Google like Miami Vice guest stars. There's a YouTube montage, and you're just like, "What the fuck?" Miles Davis. <laughs> 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 awesome. Cool. Um, yeah, I'm not making it up. Like, they're all they were all on there. Um, and then, of course, yeah, Don Johnson, who for some reason I've always had an affinity for. Don Johnson. Oh, yeah. I like
0: him. He's great. But- Watchmen also pulled from HBO Max, but yeah.
3: No. Um, anyhow,
0: really, it's an uh, unreal. Yeah, it, it's created quite a controversy. Max is wow. turned upside down, folks. That's I should have watched.
3: I should have watched it one more time. I guess I'll yeah. go buy. That's actually legitimately w- worth buying.
0: Hold on. My other wreck. uh, I finished my Iron Maiden Judas Priest. I'm only throwing this red meat out to Steven. I think I'm more of an Iron Maiden year uh, because even though that Blaze Bailey was a horrible addition to the band, uh, I even liked the first guy uh, before Bruce Dickinson joined in there.
3: Of course you did. Uh, Paul Deano. Ain't nothing wrong with him. he's He's like a raspy street tough. No, he's great.
0: The, the Latter-day Iron Maiden, I feel, eclipses Latter-day Judas Priest just a bit. Um, Latter-day Judas Priest, still, don't sleep on it. Um, I just feel like I like the way that uh, Iron Maiden uh, kind of takes you a little mo- more places, whereas our, uh, Judas Priest is like, let's throw this on the juke while you're at a bar um, with a bunch of bikers and playing some pool. Featuring on a bug, uh, uh, quote-unquote Stephen, um, so I think that uh, I, I think I'm more of a Maiden guy, and I'm really excited that potentially they're going to be uh, headlining AfterShock, and that might be something that I go actually go to a festival for.
3: Yeah, I like the, uh, I like uh, now this is you know, catch me in the year of my life, and I could I, I could go either way. I love both bands, obviously. Who doesn't? What metalhead, worth or Salt, doesn't? What rock and roll fan usually doesn't? I mean, they're great bands. And now they both, it's very funny how they have very similar. I mean, Judas Priest started first by a few years, um, but like you know, uh, Judas Priest had a great run of albums in the late '70s into the '80s and to the start of the '90s. Uh, Iron Maiden at the very end of the '70s and then through the '80s and then to the start of the '90s, and then the lead singers left, replaced with. Not very good replacement singers. Um, released terrible albums with those replacement singers. Unlistenable, in my opinion. The there might be a couple of good songs with, um, uh, not Bla- yeah, with Blaze, Blaze Bailey. I think there a there might be a couple. There's like a song called like The Clansman or something. I think that's from his era. I can't remember. That's not bad. Song.
4: Yeah,
3: yeah. But then you know uh, the the lead singers come back and. Um, released pretty good stuff in the aughts. And uh, I, the, the thing for me is I think the classic Judas Priest is... Be- oh, God, it's hard to say. Because the classic, okay, Steve, classic...
0: It's time to play Gun to Your Head. I you can can't. only listen to one band for the rest of your life. Judas Priest, Iron Maiden. Go. Why? No. One band. Gun to Your <laughs> Head.
3: I thought <laughs> they shot me. I can't pick up in my mind. Um... <laughs> No, this is funny. This is funny. I would probably say Iron Maiden, but I like Judas Priest better. Is that fair somehow?
0: Because that is better. No, literally, <laughs> I, I'm okay with that answer. I okay. think that Iron Maiden is technically better, and uh, Judas Priest might be uh, like a more fun band to listen
3: to. I think Judas Priest has better. Like, it's just they're 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 like they're both A pluses. It's varying degrees. It's just when Judas Judas Priest's high highs hit higher for me than Iron Maiden. But at the same time, like Iron Maiden released. Number of the Beast. uh, Number of the Beast. um, Peace of Mind. The Trooper! Power Slave. uh, Somewhere in Time. And Seven Son of a Seven Son. In a row. In the 80s. And those five albums are almost all perfect to me. That's an incredible run of like almost perfect albums. Uh, Judas Priest had their stretch of great albums too, but those five albums, like those five albums alone, any band could be like, that, that's our whole discography and that's all you need. Um, but I do think Judas Priest's firepower that they released late in their career is, uh, better than a lot of, than all the new Iron Maiden albums in my opinion. Um, but Iron Maiden's new stuff that's kind of proggy is fun, but that's also my problem with it. The new Iron Maiden stuff is very meandering at times. I'm like, Jesus Christ, every song is nine minutes long. I
0: know. I love that though about it. I just, I, I don't know. Yeah. That's, that's what really hooked me.
3: The album brave new world. When Bruce came back. Awesome. The song, the wicker man is just such a like, we're back kind of song. You know, dance to death. Isn't bad. That's the tour that uh, Eric went and saw them with, with me.
0: Best album cover of all time. Oh,
3: terrible. <laughs> uh, CGI nightmare. Sylvia nightmare. Um, but then, you know, the book, uh, the book of Lost Souls is good. And that last album, we already talked last year about how much we like, you know, senjitsu. Um, They're both good. They're both, yeah. So you can go either way. But I'm glad that you took that journey. I mean, it's a lot of good stuff in there. I'm telling you, man, Somewhere in Time and A Seventh Son of A Seventh Son, those two albums are masterpieces to me back to back. They are so good. And I'm glad that the Iron Maiden, who still tours like a beast, Freeze tours still too, but Iron Maiden, they, they play a lot of songs recently from those two records live. It's fun.
0: My favorite yeah. thing about the Iron Maiden stuff is the fact that Apple Music has animated artwork. Okay. Uh, but yeah, Eric, I, I know that uh, I don't want to, you know, exclude you from this conversation. Do you have a dog in this fight?
1: I, I, I love them both. Um, I don't know. Judas Priest gets my toe tapping. And I mean, listen, guys, I don't want to. Harp on this, but I'm an ally, so <laughs> I'm gonna go with uh, Judas Priest.
3: I actually think Bruce Dickinson and, and, and Rob Halford are both great <laughs> individuals in rock and roll canon, though. Um, I love that Bruce is like you know, the human aerated siren that's also a pilot, but yeah, I love the story of Rob Halford when he came out. Like, that was uh, that was pretty bold stuff in the nineties, people weren't coming out of the closet in the nineties that often. And to do it as a metal guy. And that, you know, that was, that was great. That is, uh, I've never read any books by uh, Bruce Dickinson, but Rob Halford's first book is good.
0: I will say that uh, I will take uh, Rob Halford's leather daddy look over Ro- uh, Bruce Dickinson's <laughs> weird ass bang cut that he would throw in, <laughs> in the eighties. You
3: know, I love that Bruce Dickinson looks like a member of spinal tap. Um,
1: <laughs> or like one of the D characters in Krull, yeah
3: <laughs> but I also like that Rob Halford the fact that he dabbled in industrial I love that that warms me up to him you know it's uh, they're fun There's water's a lot leaking of, man There's that's right water's leaking there's so <laughs> between those two bands there are so many cool stories in history I mean either way alright <laughs> good good diversion thank you mark eric what do you got
1: talked about my favorite albums uh and as far as like viewables go if you're not watching uh two shows right now you're missing out on primetime television all right so if you're not watching uh these two shows you're missing out you got the curse and you've got fargo season five Curse the curse, I've been uh, you know, I've been waiting it. Anybody that knows me knows I'm a Grinch about these like flipper flop, these fucking flipper flop shows, these these property brother shit. Like there's so there's some evil underbelly to
4: these HGT shows,
1: like it's representing some bad things. And this show, The Curse, like blows that out of the water Absolutely targeting this couple played by uh, Emma Stone and Nathan Fielder. And uh, Emma Stone's great. Like I've always liked her. She's very, very funny and uh, sympathetic. But Nathan Fielder, who's always done kind of like a spin on reality, like he's doing a dramatic role and is so unsettling in the movie. Great. Uh, you've got a epic, uh, uh, epic monologue about a small dick by Corbin Burnson. Great show. I I love it. The curse, top notch, top notch. Snuck right in there at the end of the year.
3: So, I uh, uh watch yeah, it. This, this this is a Nathan fielder home. We love uh Nathan for you and um the rehearsal. And uh um, Tina Belcher? That's uh, yep, you're right. Um I saw them do Bob's Burgers live. He was uh in that part of that reading. Uh yeah, and I've been mean to watch The Curse, but I haven't. But I will. But I've watched Fargo. I was going to say the whole thing. So uh,
0: Benny, Benny Safdie, uh, I feel like um, he's me. <laughs> 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 I mean, uh, just a totally sad uh, character um, that, uh, yeah.
1: Slowly, uh, I, I like the stealing, slowly stealing the show, though. I mean, he's he's great, but
0: yeah. <laughs> um, I I, uh, I enjoy the Safety brothers quite a bit. Uncut Gems, Good Time, uh, those are some solid solid movies. And he even shows up, I think, in the Obi One show. Um, yeah. Anyhow, uh, I am enjoying The Curse quite a bit. Uh, I have not watched the rehearsal, re- the rehearsal, or Nathan for you. Um, oh. But I'm always very, very, very fascinated by what Nathan Fielder brings to comedy. You
3: will, you'll love those, Mark. You will love those. they so good. There's a lot of Nathan for you. I mean, you could just choose a few episodes and get the whole point of it. But the rehearsal is a masterpiece. I cannot believe it exists. Yeah, hundred percent. So good. <laughs> so good. Anyways, that's that's what I got. So yeah, Fargo. Fargo, you know, what's funny is that we haven't recorded in a while and my notes are a few weeks old and my notes from Fargo was kind of like, ah, the new Fargo is pretty good. It's good. You know, it's pretty good. Dave Foley's in it. But now it's like seven episodes deep, I think. And it's awesome.
0: His name is Danish. I, Danish. <laughs> when he hands his card to John Hamm, he was like, "I don't <laughs> respect someone named after a breakfast pastry."
3: <laughs> I, I've always liked. I never watched all of season three or four, but I've always liked what I've seen of Fargo. When I saw the first two seasons, always top. Like, I, you know, when that show first started, like, "What are they fart? You're making a show out of a cone, brother? What? That's weird." but I like what they did. They took the basic like feel of the movie Fargo and did it in different places. And then in this one, this is like redoing the movie Fargo, the original movie today, like as your foundation and then sprinkling in like little, uh, (laughs) Easter eggs for Coen brothers fans. There's like lines from other Coen brothers movies. There's characters that remind you of other Coen brothers movies. Um, I mean, shit, the lady that plays um, Mrs. Lyon um, said actress's name. Reminds me of Patricia Arquette. Um, Temple. No, the one about? that's in. Oh, 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 oh I'm sorry. Uh, Jennifer Jason Lee. Yeah, Yeah, Jennifer Jason Lee was in the Hudsucker Proxy. I and mean, that that couldn't have been an accident. Um, that's great. And then I, I like that it's funny, like the show should be. It's directed well. Uh, the story, like, it's kind of coming together. And you've got you've got what turns out to be a story about um, a few different things. But, I mean, one of them is surviving trauma. Uh, you know, one, there's another thread, which is from a different like few different prisms, the weird political climate we live in now. It yeah. just hits you over the head with it, but then doesn't. But uses it for good comedic effect at times. Um,
1: yeah. Just the, and- the
3: oppressive MAGA-ism of
1: small-town America.
3: Yeah, but yeah. then there's also, I mean, even look at uh, Mrs. Lyon. The first time you meet her and her family, they do one of those stupid photos with people holding guns for a Christmas card. Yeah, yeah.
1: Um, and she's yep.
3: totally, I mean, she's she's uh, an enemy of the the sheriff. But you've got that, and then it's funny as all hell. And then you've got some weird mystical thing going on with the with the 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 old guy that might have survived throughout the ages and have like drinks the blood of Satan or something. Um, and his That's Erica- one thing that show that that show has done that every season is they've pulled
1: in some maybe supernatural aspect to it. There was uh, uh, second, there was the first season, the first season there was like deal with the devil. There was like a Faustian thing. Second season there was an alien abduction. There was like aliens coming out of the sky. Uh, anyways, there's there's always a little supernatural that could be explained away or could be explored. You know, just like. People probably believe, you know, in those you know, desolate parts of the world, and, and which I would like to believe as well.
3: Yeah. And then the acting's good. It's fun having Dave Foley in there. Um, but uh, Jennifer Jason Lee is actually really good in it. And she reminds me of, like I said, Patricia Arquette in Severance. Um, just uh, an actor of that generation from the 90s, actress from that generation of the 90s, playing in. Tough as nails. No nonsense. Uh, her Southern accent is like we've established on the show. We love a good extreme accent and her accent. Chef's kiss. I don't know what she's that accent is something. Um, the acting's good. The act, you know, Gino temple is a good actress as uh, sometimes. Uh, there's something about her. Sometimes where are like, I don't know. She's very intense. Even that. I think that's part of the point. Um, but then also, uh, I love John Ham in it. It's fun seeing John Ham in this role, and he is nailing it. And also, the Stranger Things teenager Steve is in there, and as Gator, Gator. I'm, I'm getting a kick out of him. I just, I love the whole thing. It's coming mm. together nicely.
1: Speaking of John Ham, and I will not delve into it, but if you haven't watched the new Fletch movie, John Ham is oh, yeah. Fletch. It is really good. It's really funny. It's a solid mystery. I fucking love that new Fletch movie. I thought it was great. That's all I got to say. Well,
0: that's good to know. But we uh, also didn't uh, talk about the weird-ass guy that's a time traveler uh, in Fargo. I brought him up.
3: He
1: brought him up. Supernatural. He's got a kilt. He's got, you know, antlers. Yeah,
3: that guy. He might be a time traveler. I, I was saying that he... I think he's like drank the blood of children or something and lives forever. He's like Dracula. Know. Yeah, but yeah, that's a it's it's a it's a heady mix. That show, good stuff. Good stuff. Speaking of television, right. nope. One more recommendation. All right. Let's Speaking hear it. of television shows that start with an F, I <laughs> was skeptical at first, and it won me over. And that new Frasier is oh. quality. No. <laughs> <laughs> salad and scrambled eggs are calling again, my friends. Um,
1: exactly. Trump
3: it's
0: 2024. Re-
3: it's really shake. Oh, you know, whatever. It's a guy <laughs> in shitty politics. Uh, so is the drummer in the album. We're going to talk about tonight. We still listen to him. Um, no, it's uh it, it started out shaky, like big bang theory over the top broadness. I was like, what is going on here? But Midway through it to the end, it had the old uh, Frazier vibes. And I, I am looking forward to season two of the uh, legacy sequel of Frazier. They're calling again. So
0: I liked his work in down Periscope (laughs) or a Christmas Carol.
3: You cannot deny that Frazier is one of the the greatest sitcoms of all time. That's everybody knows that.
0: It really is. I mean, Frazier's
3: good, but I missed, I missed Niles. That's why I didn't watch it. I was like, I know. Niles you know my Niles. Wait, David know. Hyde Pierce isn't in it. No, neither is Daphne. Like, what's the so point? What's the point? Yeah. No, John Mahoney.
0: Cause R.I.P. Yeah. Um,
3: That's what I, I, I thought. What's the point? But then I watched it and I realized that, you know, Kelsey Grammer, despite his bad politics, which in a way, I, you know, my dad's got shitty politics, but I still kind of love my dad. That's how I feel about Kelsey Grammer. Um, He's a just I have always been a Kelsey guy. So is Lilith in it? Yes, she is. Well there you go. Yeah. At
0: least you have BB.
3: And they do they no. do, you know, his Hello, son. Nurse. His son is a uh his son is a grown adult in this, and they do make a joke about his goth years, and Lilith says, He used to make me go to a place called Hot Topic. I laughed at that because that's very relatable. <laughs> so Oh really? <laughs> <laughs> So, all right, let's get
4: on System of a Down. System of a Down.
2: Hey, baby, I hear the blues are calling, Toss salads and scrambled eggs, quite stylish. And maybe I seem a bit confused. Yeah, maybe, but I got you pegged. (laughs) Ha, ha, ha. But I don't know what to do with those tossed salads and scrambled eggs. They're calling again. What is to spend the pie! Pizza, pizza, pie. Every minute, every day. Go buy, 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 buy. Want to spend the pie! Pizza, pizza, pie. Bye 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 Pepperoni and green peppers mushrooms olive chives. Pepperoni, and green peppers, mushrooms, olive chive. Therapy, therapy advertising causes need therapy, therapy, advertising causes need
3: Alright, so what we're gonna do tonight is we will do our history with the band, a brief history of the band, and uh I think we'll actually rank the albums before we get into the talk of the uh the album. So, System of a Down, our our history of System of a Down with that band. For me, it'd just be the history of new metal in general. As a teenager in the nineties, I, like many other teenagers, went in hard for the new metal movement. Um, It was a combination between the fact that that was very popular, and you could get your hands on it, and also, all those bands, your, your System of a Downs, your Corns, your Limp Biscuits, uh, uh, I don't know, your, your Taproots, your American Head Charges, uh, your Snots, your Amens, they all toured relentlessly. And, you know, I was, my social life at that time was hanging out with other teenagers of similar musical disposition. And what else was there to do besides go see music when we can? We were too young to do other shit. Uh, a lot of all ages shows at at pool halls and you know, venues in Sacramento and uh, and a lot of music festivals by your local radio stations and Ozfests couldn't escape them. And out of out of all these new metal bands. System of a down did seem from the start to be a little different. I saw them live at a 98 rock J- jamboree and they always had this quirkiness from the very start, but this intensity as well. And then this incredible sense of uh, melody when they wanted to, it, it was a different brew than any of those other dropped D new metal bands were giving me. And, uh, I was a pretty big fan of them for a while from the start, especially those first two records. I, I love that first record. I saw them at the snow core tour where as previously met, uh, discussed on the show, uh, the, the Sacramento audience hated Mr. Bungle and surge from a system of down demanded to know why people booed Mr. Bungle and berated them. And, uh, they always seem to just be a little bit more, uh, dynamic than the other new metal bands. And, uh, Yeah, the the first album I bought as soon as I saw them live, bought that first album. And then I I believe I bought Toxicity probably the week it came out. It sold a billion gajillion copies and I listened to the shit out of it uh, in the early aughts. They were always kind of the thinking man's new metal. Um, But I don't know if they were really were that. I mean, maybe the bar was just really low, so they came off as the thinking man's new metal. but I, I don't know the whole I could do a whole episode on new metal and starting with Korn's album in 1994 until probably 2002 when I quit listening to that. And then also that's kind of when it it, it uh, started declining in popularity. But um, yeah, the whole new metal movement was a big chunk of my music listening life, even as I was getting into your neuroses of the world and and uh, discovering like, you know, like a thrash fan on the side or something. The main line of music in the late 90s for me. So, Mark, did you I cannot remember back in those days how you felt about System of a Down. You didn't go to a lot of the festivals with me and stuff, maybe here and there. Um, but of course, we were always trading CDs and stuff still. So I, I can't remember. Were you a fan from the start when we discovered them were you even a fan? I, I cannot remember at all. I know you loved corn.
0: <laughs> I did. I still do. I know. I'm, I, I told Eric before we had, uh, during the pre-show, before we hit record, that I'm actually, I did a, a back and forth on Slipknot and corn as well, and uh, Slipknot, I think, are probably the superior... New metal band, but I I don't think that they really are a new metal band.
3: I was just I, gonna say when you listen to Slipknot, they came up in that whole, that same scene of touring a lot with the same venues, same uh, OzFests and, and radio things. Yeah, um, and they were lumped in with them, and even yes, Ross Robinson, who famously was like the guy that kind of like got corn to their sound at the start. um but Slipknot, they were way more dynamic and they were way more like threat. They were like almost death metal on their second album on some songs. So a lot more going on. They have
0: a humongous amount of range uh, for Slipknot. I mean, at first you look at that band and they're the band with the masks and the band with the costumes not showing their real faces and they're like guar 2.0 and um you know, it, it, but they, they have so much more depth than what they project. Um, cause at first I was like, fuck Slipknot, they're ridiculous. And I would kind of say the same thing about System of a Down because they were played, uh, pretty much on repeat on 98 Rock, our local Sacramento hard rock, uh, station, radio station. And I think the first song that I heard was Sweet Pea and I didn't like it. I thought that, uh, this band is goofy as fuck
4: um while they have like
0: hard hitting moments i just wasn't quite getting what they were trying to do i I mean because i mean when you think about it like you know with new metal you had corn on one spectrum that was talking about you know child abuse talking about um angst filled teenagers um, and then you had Rage Against the Machine, who also incorporated rap and um, hard rock. But we're not we're talking new metal. about politics. I mean, they're not not new really metal. considered new metal. Yeah, even though that new metal, like the recipe, was really around like
3: I mean, rap new, and rock. Right? Yeah, rap rap metal is a big part of new metal. Rage Against the Machine was rap metal, but they were not new metal. No. Much like um, much like you know, Rage Against the Machine came out, their their big album was ninety three, or their first album, I think. Um, yeah. Tool. Not new metal at all, but that same timeline. You had all these new metal bands, and you had Tool down here releasing their records and Rage Against the Machine. The audience yeah. for all of these was the same audience. But you know, yeah. Tool and uh, but you're like your
0: them. your incubuses, your head PE's mm-hmm. um those are the bands that I had moderate, like I dabbled, I, but I never really quite like a, got into them.
3: A bartender is a good song. If I had PE, I will stay. It is a good song. It, it is <laughs> a good
0: song. Their second record is actually not too bad either, um, and I think Mark, the first Mark's, couple of best records like, are
3: pretty good like, too. Like, when you, Mark's trying to win me over. Well, not win me over. He's trying to seduce me. Whenever someone like gives a a '90s new metal album the time of day and waxes nostalgia about, I'm always there for it. Like you, fuck, let's go put snot on. You know what? Let's do it. It's not that bad.
0: (laughs) (laughs) But like System of Down, at first blush, I I didn't like them. I I, it wasn't until Toxicity that came out with uh, Chop Suey and Mm -hmm. the self-titled song, I was like, oh. And even maybe Spiders off of the first record is where I was just one. like, yeah, all right, this band is not too bad. Um, and But at first I thought there was some goofball fucking parody uh, band that I just didn't have the time of day for. Um, but I did like new metal. I mean, we went to the Family Values tour. I think my uh, right. interest in Limb uh really stopped at Chocolate Starfish. Um, I that whole band just, just didn't do it for me. Um, uh, even orgy. And like when Lincoln park really took off and they're kind of seen as the, uh, one of the quintessential new metal bands, I just got right off that train. I, there was nothing appealing to me about Lincoln park. I was never a fan of them. I think it's probably the biggest mainstream success.
3: Yeah. I was never a fan of them as well. I don't know what it was about them. Didn't do it for me.
0: It just seems so, I don't know, like I, I do actually enjoy their, enjoy the silent Mike Shinoda's like enjoy the silence remix. But like, other than that, I, and they did that weird mashup with Jay-Z. I, I just, I, I don't know. Linkin Park just never did it for me. It felt like they were put out like by Coca-Cola. It was just <laughs> yeah. something too slick. Um. But uh, System of a Down, like, I eventually got onto the train, and um, I don't think they're a perfect band. I don't see why they're so hyped up. Like, when I was on Genius earlier today, they said, you can get System of a Down tickets for as low as $580. I'm like, (laughs) Jesus fucking Christ. This isn't Bruce Springsteen, but okay.
3: (laughs) Yeah, they don't. Um, we'll get. We're gonna do a brief history of them, like like two minute history of them in a second, and I'll get into why I guess that might be. Eric, you, you came from a different like you. The three of us started in the same place. Mark and I kind of stayed near each other in our musical development, but you splintered off and went to Master P Land for a few years. <laughs> I did. And I, I did. By the way, I, 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 I think did. that's around this time when they, they like when I. When I when I was at 98 Jamborees in 1999, you were probably, you know, looking at the Honeycomb Rims. Um. Yeah. <laughs> uh,
1: by the late 90s, I was I was definitely in a rap land. I still like I had my industrial bands I liked, but I wasn't listened to a lot. And then like I like Deftones and I like that kind of intersection between rap and rock. And, and yes, I will fully admit I checked out a little Limp Bizkit for it. Um, but didn't follow them very long. And, um, yeah, by the time System of Down came out, I, it was, it was, I did, it was not on my radar when my first year in college, uh, when I say that, I mean like away from home, 2001, I was at Sonoma state. I remember in every dorm MTV was playing and Chop Suey video was on. And I was, yeah, I was like, "This is fucking crazy. This is this is an insane song. This is great. I liked it." I Checked out a little bit more from them here and there, and it was just kind of exhausting. It was kind of exhausting for me. Um, I, I uh, even when I got back into to metal later, not uh, I, they didn't click. So this will be, as we talk, this will be my first run through of their music. Um, but I would like to like preface that <clears throat> the lead singer Serge uh, uh Serge uh is I put him up there I put him up there with like your Zappas and your Jellabi offers of like in your face opinions uh musical rhythm be damned uh and I respect him for that and I and I and I rather like him as as in a presence, maybe more than the music itself, uh, let that be a, a uh, foreshadowing to
3: as, as we get into this record. It's funny you say that because he kind of looks like Frank Zappa. Um, and he also does funny voices like Frank Zappa does sometimes. All right, so not much history there for Eric, and uh, yeah based off just uh, my consumption of new metal at the time uh more history for me and mark had a little history with them um i think i'm the only one of us that's seen them live right yeah I saw them live at least twice maybe three times Correct. i do i do think uh, well, hold on <laughs> steve that i was really
1: thinking about whether or not i would tell you this or not i'm really worried about how this is going to go um when heather and i first got together We went and saw a lot of shows together. We saw some great things. And one of those shows was a lineup that seemed great on paper. It was Hella, math rock band from Sacramento we love. It was Mars Volta when they put out their like really proggy album. And it was System of a Down in Oakland. And we went to that show. Hella, amazing. They got booed, but I was like, it was when they were like a full five-piece band. It was great. Mars Volta. I'm haven't listened to him since, but it was a live experience. And then two songs in the system system down, Heather and I looked at each other and said, this is a little too much. Let's go. And we packed our bags, got in the car and drove home. And I, Steven, I am very sorry to tell you that. That is the truth. That is my truth. And I'm sorry. I
3: can, I'm, i not a super fan to where that's going to make me jump off the podcast uh, It's not You know I'm also I'm glad you told me that so like There's this consistent uh, You know when you and your wife both decide To have bad taste at the same time it never Surprises me so It's uh perfectly fine Yikes! Um, <laughs> that's why you found each other Um Yikes. So, Sped home and Watched you know what
0: two songs Did they play <laughs>
1: <laughs> I don't know What What I wasn't fucking shazamming it, Mark. I don't know. I have no idea.
0: <laughs> I, I'm surprised that you didn't bring up the, the, the set list. Uh, but yeah. yeah, I wonder yeah. if it was like the two songs, like any two songs that we are going to be discussing tonight. Well, we'll That's all I'm wondering.
1: The system. I don't the- know. Uh, the fucking Steelers album just had just come out. So it was probably the fucking
3: pepperoni pizza song. <laughs> the song is not as bad as we say it is. It's not good, but it's not terrible.
1: Uh, as, far as,
3: as far as pizza goes, it's dominoes. Um, yeah, system of a down, they started in the early nineties. Uh, you've got surge Tonkian on, uh, uh, I, don't know, I think I'm pronouncing his name right. On vocals, keyboards and guitar at times, uh, Darren Malakian on lead guitar and backing vocals. Um, he sings a lot, uh, Shavo Ode- Odejan on bass and only bass that's what I like about Shavo. He uh, just kind of holds it down there like a good bass player should. And John Dolomayan on drums. Uh, they had another drummer for three years uh, named Andy Kasharin, But uh, when they put out their first album, he wasn't even on it. Um, yeah, they're from the Southern California. They're Armenian. That's one thing that's I always felt set them apart from a lot of the other new metal bands. A lot of the other new metal bands, with the occasional African American member here and there or Latino member, were very white, very Caucasian. Um, Armenian uh, point of view was welcome. Uh, I think, like some people, the, I didn't hear of the Armenian genocide until I listened to System of a Down. Um, that's uh, one interesting thing about some of these bands with a different coming from a different point of view. Uh, and you learn some current events you would never heard of. Uh, that's also something that they were doing more for me than many other new metal bands at the time. I don't think I was learning about any serious political events from a, uh, you know, Simon says album, local heroes. Simon says, uh, they got pretty, <laughs> hot, pretty fast. Uh, Simon says is coming back. They're doing a reunion show. Never really got into them. I think they played at our high school, Mark, or was that leisure? Or was it both?
0: It was Simon Says. And they asked us, what'd you think? And we both were like, (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah, that was great. Absolutely dissing a band right in front of their face was one of my highlights.
3: (laughs) Uh, True to our conviction. What did they cover? They covered uh,
1: Heartbreaker by uh, Joan Jett or Pat Benatar. Well one thing I
0: want to mention, I know that we're going to be covering this band later. And I, uh, even dropped this in the writer's room, but Chavo beat the fucking hell out of Brent Hines from Mastodon, um, in a fight at the MTV video music awards. And it, uh, resulted in Brent Hines, uh, have hemorrhaging his brain, a broken nose and a pair of black eyes. Jesus. So not only does he play the bass, but apparently he plays Brent Hines too. <laughs>
3: <laughs> I forgot about that I forgot about that uh, Brent Hines. I forgot about that and Brent Hines is like a huge dude like I can't I imagine huge
0: dude I got to meet him when he did an in-store at uh, yeah. dimple and good guy but I, my I, God I
3: wouldn't mess with most of the guys in Mastodon but I guess I you know the guys in system are like they're they're they are most of them are smaller but they're wily so I don't know if I, it's just
2: you love to love the fear. Never wanna be alone. I've forgotten to. The road keeps moving clouds. The clouds become unreal. I guess I'll always be at home.
3: Festivals—they got popular really quick. Um, I just—I think that they—they—they they stood out. They stood out with their—they looked different, they sounded different. their are lyrically they were different than what was going on with all these other new metal bands at the time. They just—they just seemed different. If you really want to know more about their history, go to Wikipedia. Um, and in 2001, they made Toxicity, and. The, you know, the, the Black Sabbath in them to Rush to Frank Zappa. Uh, there's a little bit of Fugazi and in, in, in post rock stuff going on in there. Um, it's, a, t- it's a good mix. And uh, their first album was released in 1998, self titled System of a Down. Toxicity was released in 2001. Steal This Album was released in 2002. Mesmerize and Hypnotize were released as a double album in 2005. They haven't released any albums since. Uh, around 2007, they broke up, and they got back together around 2011, and they've only toured since. They don't tour all the time. When they tour, it seems to be a big deal, and that's probably why, Mark, why you saw those ridiculous ticket prices there. They've won Grammys, they've won many awards. They uh, In the early aughts, when Toxicity was released, it sold a lot of copies. Um, it' great reviews across the board. Your all your magazines were giving it ten out of tens or B pluses. Even Pitchfork gave it an eight point two for God's sake, an eight point two on Pitchfork. Uh, that's a uh, that's like you might as well you can go to the moon with that review. Uh, that's like a peach. That's like a peaches album right there.
1: On
0: yeah. Fuck that Pitchfork media. <laughs> I tell you, fuck them.
3: Yeah, I agree with you. Um it sold it's, it it was triple platinum. I'm surprised it wasn't more platinum. I felt like it sold more than that. Uh but it's, it's it's first week of release it just shot to number 1. Much of it off the song Chop Suey. But the other two big singles were Toxicity and Aerials. It's, but that's Toxicity. Toxicity is their most solid record hands down. The other albums. Let's uh did we did we all revisit all their albums? Yep. Okay. I will just yes. rank them. Let's just let's just rank them. I'll start. I'll rank them. And um, I'm going to say that my rankings actually surprised me. Toxicity, number one with the bullet, in my opinion. Hypnotized. Then System of a Down, self-titled. Then Mesmerize. And at the bottom, Steal This Album, which possibly is demos and B-sides that were spruced up. I, I, I...
1: I honestly didn't rank him, but I did listen to him enough to know I agree with yours, for the most part. Um, one thing that I did when I listened to him is I appreciated that Rick Rubin produced most of them. Mm-hmm. That was fun. And uh, you know me, I love tracking Rick Rubin and David Sardi's uh, partnership Rick Rubin's
0: version of production is just taking his shoes off and talking (laughs) to the musicians about how it makes him feel. He lets
3: the Rick Rubin's version of production is a poor man, Steve Albini, whereas Steve Albini really lets the band shine through, but he still kind of like, you know, pushes some knobs around. Rick Rubin just lets the band shine through. (laughs) Well, I'll tell you what Rick Rubin does that I don't appreciate with System of a Down is
1: he fucking jacks Serge's vocals all the way up on every song as loud as they can fucking go to the point where it's not. There's no it's there's no man. Like, I would say this. This is a big gripe. I'm going to say on the album tonight. His his vocals are too loud. They're too loud. They're too loud. That's all I got to say.
0: Steven, or uh, Eric just broke his New Year's resolution. Uh, just <laughs> absolutely well with
3: the way with the way Eric's microphone's acting up tonight. It's very meta of him complaining about somebody being jacked up too loud. So that's <laughs> uh, <laughs> a good. I like how you, know you did there. Um, yeah, but this is this is another Rick Rubin. You know, Rick Rubin, America Records deal, uh, American Records. Rick Rubin helped some bands get popular and this is another one of them. Mark, how do you rank their records there? Uh,
0: Toxicity number one with a bullet. No, no joke. Uh, It is their achievement. It is their opus, their masterwork Uh, system of down self-titled the beginning one. Um, I think that it does have some of the elements that helped make toxicity a great record. It pushed that uh, template a little forward. Um, uh, Yeah um mesmerize and hypnotize which is kind of like a kid a amnesiac situation here um it is really hard for me to differentiate the two but i do believe that i like uh the last one hypnotize better than mesmerize and i will put steal this album right at the very end um i i do think that you're right uh the way that it had a Kanye West before he made Yeezus record where there was no artwork it was just like CD jewel case you're done Um, that kind of annoyed me but uh, it just kind of like not to get all Trent Reznor on it like you know it's all about the artwork man Mr. Non-Physical Media these days I do miss the days of having good artwork pulling out them liner notes and really kind of pouring over them steal this album before inner uh, music streaming was a thing when it kind of did that first, I was really fucking annoyed by it. So, and then it has that pizza pie song and yeah. uh, that, with, with all liner
1: notes, with liner notes, you can find out how many bell peppers he'd want on his pizza and you know,
0: <laughs> green olives and chives.
3: It's a
1: fucking horror song.
3: Um uh, <laughs> I will say, though, Mesmerize, Mesmerize has that song BYOB on it, and I think it's a great song. Another one of their hit singles. La, 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 la,
2: la, 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 la. Oh, everybody's going to the party. Have a real good time. Up the sunshine. So I did a little research. I do
0: think that uh, the first two songs, uh, Eric, you, the second song was BYOB. So if that yeah, brings you PTSD, Well, uh, think of another acronym.
3: (laughs) Knowing that, Eric's
1: a B-I-T-C-H. Jesus Christ. (laughs) Steve, I'm not trying to be personal. You know, you didn't write these songs. You read a song about pepperoni
3: and olive. (laughs) You didn't do that. You don't know how many songs I've written about pizza. Um, All right, let's get into it. (laughs) Let's get into it. System of a Down, a band that is as good as they are bad.
2: Dancing in the desert, blowing up the sunshine. Blast off, it's party time, and we don't live in a fascist nation. Blast off, it's party time, and we're the.
3: Tonight, because it'll amuse me, and uh, to be consistent, we're going to go Eric, Mark, Steve every time. Because I want to hear what Eric says first. <laughs> <laughs> he's already, he's already uh, set the table here, which is fine. God, I picked the out. Every, not every record that you know, I pick for this season is like my favorite record of all time. I like it when there's a little bit of crossfire. Um, I might even agree on some of these songs. So in the first track one, let's hear a track prison song.
2: Wow research and successful dreams. To pay for secret wars around the world Drugs are now your global policy Now you police the globe My, 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 crack, my, smack, my bitch right here in Hollywood. Drug money's used to rig elections And train brutal, corporate-sponsored dictators around the world they the prison.
1: They're trying to Well, my first oh, notes are Oh, prison. really good guitar tone Why is Serge's voice so damn loud in the mix? It's just jacked all the way up. Uh, I don't. Yeah. Anyways, but I do like the grooves. I have great notes about the grooves. I like. Um, I mean, listen, the the private uh, prison system is a problem in America. It's the most corrupt. It absolutely should be. Uh, should be a uh, you know s- state run system with uh, checks and balances. Um, but this is like, have you seen the memes where it's like every a Down song is, you know, uh, curl your hair, put on some pants, 3,000 Americans have been prosecuted, wall of like uh, data and facts? Like, this is that song. Like, you get yeah, your wall of
3: data. This is like one of five songs that are like that. That's not every one of their goddamn songs. But yeah, I, I know,
1: you. I know. But still, it's. I still generally enjoy this song. Um, uh, uh, Serge is just doing what he wants despite whatever the music's doing. It works here. Sometimes that does not work. Sometimes I ha- it's it's like herding sheep. Like, okay, you're doing this, you're doing this, you're doing this. Serge is doing this, and it's not a cohesive song. This one, when all said and done, I've heard a song. It works. The message lands. It's fine. That's what I think about this track.
3: And much like, you know, teaching me about the Armenian genocide, teaching 20-year-old me about the fucked up prison system, and maybe some teenagers that never thought about it, there's a good thing.
0: Okay. Great opening track. Don't hate it. Uh, To Eric's point, uh, it it is a criminal justice course. (laughs) I do think it's really funny that it's like part... Um, just silliness with Darren's goddamn delivery. I do not care for this. I'm going to just be on record. Darren, not a fan of your vocal work. Uh, I buy my crack, my smack, my bitch from Hollywood. Okay. Take that shit, the scars to Broadway. Well, I'll never have to hear that again. <laughs> um,
3: <laughs> yeah, I'll bring them up on this album. But yeah, overall, um, he's a great guitar player. And there are times where he does add some great melodic back vocals, but no, often when he does that weird, warbly cartoon voice, I'm like, what are you guys, what are you doing here? Oh, yeah.
0: (laughs) I mean, he does look like something that you would see in a Ren and Stimpy cartoon. Um, (laughs) I mean, (laughs) he's got those buggy eyes. <laughs> and always really sweaty um well,
3: is, but then the bass player looks like he looks like somebody to be with some Butthead because he's he's uh, he is a total he has to be a total stoner and his eyes are always yeah. halfway open no matter what he's playing or what they're doing his eyes are always halfway open um yeah they're an extreme looking band that's for sure
0: um but i it, it's like if uh rage against the machine really got into frank zappa Um, That's that's this song. Um, And it's it's good. I like it. Um, But again, Darren, don't need you on the vocals. Uh, I never really quite thought that Serge's vocals were too high in the mix, but maybe it's because he's so um, his vocal style and delivery. um, I think. Is kind of one of the highlights of the band. Absolutely. I think that he's got some vocal range in there that I think just like you would say, Madonna's really too high in the mix. It's like, yeah, well, yeah.
3: This band, this band <laughs> never gets to where they were without surge. He is the focus, focal point of the band. I, I would never and you put any other singer with this band besides like maybe Mike Patton, they don't go anywhere. Um, or not nearly as far. Uh, yeah, yeah, that's why I think that having surge high up in the mix, I probably don't notice it. You might be right, but Rick Rubin was probably like, yeah, this guy is the point that we're listening to this. So turn it up, man. It's freedom rock.
0: I don't know. I mean, it's not scatting in the, like the, the literal term, but the fact that he's able to kind of roll off his syllables in such a way that's both like melodic and he's got this ridiculous range um, I do think that he's probably the most talented one in the band. I think that Darren does bring a lot, but I think I mean look, the band itself is a really well-oiled machine, but I do think that Serge really does propel this band forward from his talent. Um And I, 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 just, I came to this, I came to the yeah. same
1: conclusion. I just at some points I was like, this just it's just not like it's not melding together. Obviously you want the spotlight on him. I get it. It sounds like musical theater as opposed to a rock band. That's, that's what I I felt a few times. I get it.
0: That's good. I mean, I, I, I can get that. I can Uh, get that.
3: You know, Eric, you and I are both ghost fans and Mark reminds us they're musical theater all the time. So (laughs) uh...
0: yeah, I mean, right there, (laughs) right there. I do feel like, uh, what's his name? The lead singer. What's his name? Tobias, Tobias Forge. Tobias, uh, I mean, he's got a great, great set of pipes, but I do feel that he's about to uh, sing Phantom of the Opera or yeah. really get into the deep Weber shit, you know, they, like
3: they did cover Phantom of the Opera, the Iron Maiden song.
0: <laughs> but I do appreciate the fact they exist. It's just it's just not my cup of tea because it does feel really. I'm listening to Meat Loaf by way of Andrew Lloyd Webber.
3: That's a great description. Prison song. Uh, you can't fuck with the main thrash riff. It's great, uh, that main thrash riff. And then the verses that has the squonky, spronky riff. You're going to hear spronk and squonk a few times a night. And the bouncy bass line all work uh, together for me. Until the guitar... <laughs> Here's exactly what I wrote. The verse with the with the guitar riff and the bouncy bass line all work until the goddamn guitar player sings about bitches. <laughs> even in, <laughs> Even in 2001, I was like, what the hell is this? <laughs> um, that that part doesn't hold up well. And even when I was younger, I was like, what do you guys do? You're trying to make some point, but this is silly. Um, I, I do dig surges, death metal growls in this. Uh, and there's a great melodic breakdown. They do that often. They will have like, ah, this is crazy. I feel like this music's coming at me from all sides. And then melody melodic breakdown. And it works. And they do that in this song. And I love it. Um, they're good at that stuff. Um, I'm going to ask myself this question for each of the songs tonight. Do I enjoy this now as a 40-ish-year-old? Yes, I do. That was Prison Song. Track two: Needles. Let's hear a little bit of Needles. I'm a parasite. Just find another host, just another
2: full-to-roast. My day for tells me what to do. You, my day for it tells me where to go. All that day for am out your life. All that day for I'm out of your hey. life.
1: Um, you know, I really like the music on this song. I um the production is good. It's chunky but not muddy. Um at about two ten, the I'm sitting in my room part. Great. Um his vocals, as opposed to the last song, like more tighter with the music. Like you will hear me say this on some of the songs that like Serge obviously is the superstar, I love him. I do really you know, I support Serge. <laughs> but there are songs where he's doing what he wants to do and the band is doing what they are doing and it's not the same thing and this is not this is the the not the example of that he is tight with the band on this it sounds good it's a song about drug addiction, uh, the tapeworm idea something feeding off of you um I think that's that's pretty apt it's good I think a lot of this album is, is looking at the culture around them as they're coming up in in LA and Hollywood and modern, you know, modern uh, entertainment, um, the entertainment world, and I think that's it's pretty apt. I, I it's good. Um, he goes into some ranting vocals on this, which are fine. Uh, this is a fine song. I I enjoy it.
3: Mark, needles. Well, I.
0: Ultimately, I, I really don't know how I feel about the song. I don't hate it, but I don't quite love it. Because on one hand, like, uh as a rhythmically tight melody. You know, it it, it keeps things together. Um, but on the other hand, I just think the chorus ain't in it. You know, it's just, it's not... It's not doing it for me. Pull the tapeworm out of your ass. It just, like, it's so that Russian like kick dance, leg kick dance that they do. Yeah. I'm imagining, you know what I'm talking about? <laughs> 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 yeah.
4: yep. um,
0: it just, I don't know. Maybe, maybe that was intentional, but again, when Darren kicks into his little spot, I'm just like,
4: Ugh.
0: Oh, cut the mic! Cut the mic! Like I'm
3: sitting in my room. <laughs> but see, the okay, thing, the the thing, the funny thing is, you guys both mentioned my notes from this song. I enjoy the the pull the tapeworm out of your ass or eyes or ass is it eyes or ass. I don't know. Um, Russian dance bit. I always it's like ass. it when a song it's when ass. a song goes into a Russian bit. I don't know. It works for me. And then yes. The, the whiny sitting in my room part is bad. But then when they keep doing it and then they both sing together, the sitting in my room bit, it saves the song for me. The waiting for the tune of some old dying man part saves this song for me. Um, but it starts out extremely goofy with the, the way you described it, Mark, which is a great impression uh, <laughs> of, this, of Darren. Um, so, yeah, needles for me. Second half of the song is good. First half is a little bit of a check my watch. Um, any other opinions there, Mark?
4: Because. No, I mean, I, I mean, I don't hate
0: it. Yeah, I don't hate it. I just it's one of those things that I'm like, Ugh, part of the like, that's my thing with system of down on some songs. Like some parts are like, oh, OK, and then and then it's like, whoa, what what just happened? Yeah, like that happens a lot.
3: That happens a lot with this album for me that that on other albums that might happen entirely and turn me off to them. But on this album, almost every song. No, that's not true. I either like the songs or I'm about to say, I don't have patience for it. And then they, they catch me before I hit skip. Like, I'm like, all right, enough of this. Here we go. Oh, this is actually good. That happens more often than not on this, this, this album. That's
0: yeah. what I'm talking about. That, that is system in, uh, Vidal's, like, template right there
3: but there's the other half there's
1: like there's nothing ever purely wonderful about a track like there's always the peaks and valleys with the exception of a few songs they
0: do have some unbelievable songs and we're going to probably talk about at least two of them on this one
3: all right do I enjoy this now yes I do just because the second half is really good deer dance is the next track lots of rolled R's coming at us Here's Deer Dance
2: Circumventing circuses lamenting in protest of visible police presence once fear Battalions of Riot, police with rubber bullet kisses, baton courtesies, service with a smile. And the staple center, you can see America with this dire poor, avenging disgrace. Peaceful for loving youth against a brutality of plastic existence.
1: Well, I love the message timely police brutality against peaceful peaceful protesters uh standing up for what they believe in. Um and uh, uh, talking about militar- militarization of police, I think that's great. Uh, previously, we talked about Run the Jewels, and Killer Mike has had a great. Uh, done the news rounds about that, about how police used to be like part of your community. And then once they started hiring out of the military, they got scary. And I think this song is a very early shedding light onto that. I, you know, once again, I. Deep respect for Serge for, for doing that.
2: Pushed in the level. A tear dance, invitation to peace. War staring you in the face. Dressed in black. With a helmet. Fierce. Random appropriate for the malcontents For the disproportion malcontents The little boy smile,
1: little oh, boy smile The rolling of the R's <laughs> so Viva
2: funny.
3: variety <laughs> so This is one of the albums that I absolutely love Eric is annoyed by it. It's very funny to me
0: Eric just broke his mic. The mic
3: broke, <laughs> Eric. Um, Mark, how do you feel about "Deer Dance"?
0: Uh, I, I do actually like this song. I think um, so. I, I listened to this album uh, at least five times before we hit record tonight. And at first, I don't think that I checked this one as something that I enjoyed, but. uh Giving it more time to marinate, I think that it did click with me. Finally, I I do think it's repetitive. The whole thing about the police brutality, um, I, I, again, it gives you some facts, but what really propels this song is that uh, losing my religion type mandolin that Ooh. world music instrumentation towards yep. the end. Yeah, it has that rising action and then it quiets. Then a steam train. Yeah, just. Runs over you. Um, that's where this song just like really. Uh, it took me there.
3: I agree with you. I think this song is one of the songs where I don't ever be like, oh, you got to get me to the part where I'm not annoyed. I, from the start, I like it. I like the Rolling R's. I like the message. I think the lyrics are good lyrically and also make the point pretty well there. And there's just search can be very poetic at times. He can be nonsensical, but he can also be poetic. Um the the pushing little children, they like to push the week around. Um, I I like the rolling R's. I like the part where he talks about a moving train and he says it just like that. When he sings like that, it reminds me that the way he kind of changes his voice so much reminds me of the hip hop artist bus driver. Um both just a lot of just a lot of different styles and can be comedic and then could talk real fast. Um good stuff. Uh, this, this song, uh, it's, it is definitely what Eric was saying. It's about the militarized police problem, which 20 years ago was becoming a problem. And now 20 years later, it's a huge problem. Uh, this song has, there's a few songs on this album that remind me of, um, my favorite era of the cure. I think it's my favorite era of the cure. The late eighties post joy division, ice cold, Danceable, like post rock version of the Cure. There's, there's a, there's a, there's a breakdown in this where it gets really like, and it just, it gets top tier if they're for me, it gives me goosebumps. Um, I would definitely listen to this track now if I, you know, I would throw it in a playlist. I think Deer Dance is a, one of their better songs. Jet pilot, Eric. Are you a horse flying a jet plane over the bay?
2: <laughs>
3: <laughs> Tell me what the metaphor is here, Eric, <laughs> about this horse flying a jet.
1: It's got the chunkiest of riffs on the album got a really good vocal performance uh, using repetition well. Uh, It's not too in your face. Um, Hard to find a real explanation about what this song is about. Probably about a war, Armenian war, um, carpet bombing, etc. on Armenia. Um, I don't know, pretty epic. Uh, Good track, good track. Doesn't get off the rails too much. Thumbs up.
3: Mark, how do you feel about the song where he sings about a horse flying a jet?
0: (laughs) A true maverick.
3: (laughs) (laughs) I get it. That's funny. That's good. All right.
1: (laughs) Bojack Airman.
3: Man, you know, because (laughs) because I knew that, like the three of us, like I I put this album on the on the season three list to spice things up because we had to represent new metal. And just like when I went over the history of the band, of course, I was just like, yeah, they were a band, they got popular. Like, I, you know, I was not going to go to details on it. And, And Eric, you know, has little to say about much of them. Besides, what is this shit? But um, I thought this was going to be a quick episode, but the the detours were going down now. And now we've got, you know, uh, Borscht Belt (laughs) jokes coming out of Mark. (laughs) Uh, Besides that wonderful play on words, Mark, you got anything else?
0: (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God. Uh, Well, the weasel moment had to happen, right? At least once. Um, so apparently this song is, uh, a song that really, no one really understands the true meaning of this. It seems to be like a jumbled, uh, metaphor for maybe what's going on with the Armenian genocide, the history of that, or just war itself. Um, I I tell you, I mean, This is one of those songs that uh, may have many different lyrical interpretations, but it really doesn't matter uh, to that dude that's, you know, fucking throwing elbows in the mat mosh pit. (laughs) You know, like, honestly, what do we got here? Uh, Where were the eyes of a horse of a jet pilot? You know, like it's some dude is just like.
3: Picking up some guys, fucking your picking your day up. Yeah, the some pit. guys picking up change. He's starting the lawn mower. <laughs> you know, he's checking the watch. I mean, doing, doing all those, those uh, <laughs> hardcore dance moves.
0: The windmill, the spin yeah. move, the uh skink and pickle. um I mean, it's a grinding engine. It's repetitive enough that those that marsh that, that are marsh moshing. My God. They can start chanting along pretty easily to this one. A it's not bad, but it is, it's, it's meant to, uh, you know, let's, let's, uh, liven things up. Shall we?
3: A marshmallow, a marshmallow, huh? Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know all I had to say about Eric this? Eric is all
0: business right now. <laughs> I wish this was a video stream right now because Eric is absolutely all business.
3: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, this is probably my least favorite song, ah, second least favorite song of the album. I do like the horse flying the jet pilot line, but the rest of it I've got no time for. Um, this song I will not listen to now, I find it unnecessary. But I'm sure some other fans of this record think it's got some crazy deep meaning that I'm just not finding. They do things on this song elsewhere better. Next track, X. Eric,
1: does X mark the spot? It does if you want to keep up on your favorite social media. That is X, which we're all big fans of. Big fans of X.
3: So no, what'd you do? Did you, did you dig up a third pair of headphones you didn't know you had? What's going on here? <laughs> this is the one this is the one I, one I had before. But it works again. Did you figure out what you did wrong?
1: Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, I did not figure out what I did wrong, it just works now. That's that's how life works. That's chaos. That's the system of down chaos we're all here for. Um, disorder. disorder <laughs> We don't need uh, to multiply.
3: That's the pig for Moana.
0: It sure is. We'll talk about Moana a little bit later on this album, too.
3: (laughs) We don't need to multiply. uh,
1: Show your people. Show your people how we died. It's got a drop D new metal groove all over this. It's kind of got like, uh, it's kind of pushing back on anti-immigration sentiments, which I appreciate. Um, This fear that The immigrants will multiply and take over the country. I do appreciate that. Um, Serge is losing it a little bit on his vocal delivery on this. Uh, Definitely losing the thread of the music. Um, That's all I got. Those are my notes on this one.
3: I like that you brought up the immigration lyric point because that's important. Uh, because that would be something that I think is weaponized against well-meaning people as the years go by. Um, Mark, what do you think about X? Uh,
0: I think it's a terrible social media app. Uh, and this song is, eh, it's okay. I mean, it's honestly, it's not my favorite, uh, This is the song that when people want to make fun of system of a down, this is the song that uh, fits in that template. It's uh, a lot of tippy tap little at the beginning. And um, we don't need to multiply. We don't need to multiply. um, You know, rinse and repeat ad nauseum. Uh, It's over so quickly. Um, So it's not necessarily it uh, overstays its welcome. Um, it sounds heavy as a steam train, you know, crashing into a building. Um, but it's a pretty damn ham handed, uh, way. That's the thing about system of a down. Sometimes the ham handedness of this band can be a little exhausting. Um, at least with uh, rage against the machine who were out there trying to change society with their lyrics, um, and also helping people just getting ripped in the gym. Um, but <laughs> I, I would say that uh, with the way that system of down approaches that whole uh, like politics perspective, it can be a little bit trying.
1: You're saying they don't have a lot of nuance is what you're saying. Ham handedness. Yeah. yeah.
0: They've got like hands as big as Eric Anderson.
3: The new, the nuance the the new and new metal does not stand for nuance. Well, Mark, I'm surprised you don't like this one as much. It's not top tier, but as Eric mentioned, the new metalish uh, squeal, it is very much a corny sound. That that, that guitar squeal sounds like the first corn album. The uh, drop D baby, you feel that yeah. right in your chode. You know, yeah, you no, that, that's fun. Chode
0: any more slap bass from fieldy
3: nothing nothing said that first corn album i'm sorry you can get as old as you want but that's a good record and it's a great record the the, the 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 production on it and just the sounds they got out of just a standard band lineup is awesome um, they did eric
0: i, I got to just hold, pause you there eric when you hear the opening riffs and that hi hat on corn's blind do you not get just like a just a slight chub
1: i knew it's a problem it's a problem it shouldn't happen it should not happen
0: okay all right as long as we're in agreement on that because if you're not you're not a red-blooded american i told my doctor
1: about it i told my doctor about it it shouldn't (laughs) happen
0: (laughs) i mean and then you've got do 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 do
1: Are you ready? <laughs> I think it moved. It moved? It may have moved, I don't know.
3: I'm sure it didn't move. It moved. It was imperceptible, but I I felt it. This is another episode that we should have gotten sponsored by blue tube, but instead we're sponsored by nobody. Um, I have a feeling my comments,
1: you could just paste my comments onto the corn episode. They'd be pretty similar.
3: Yeah. This track bes- telling you. besides that guitar squeal, that song's done before you know it. Um, I like it. I like it when system of a down takes more time. The shorty, the shorter punkier songs are not, uh, what I want I come to them for but I like that little uh, guitar squelch because of the guitar squelch. I will still listen to this song as a 43 year old man. Next track chop suey.
1: I mean, come on, man. What am I, an asshole? This is a this is a top notch track on this on this record. Absolutely, come on. It's so good. Um, it's is their most memed out song. Uh, it's the wake up, put on a little makeup. I mean, come on. I mean, you can joke about it all you want, but when you actually sit down and listen to it, it has movements. It's the first big orchestrated song on here, which I think add piano and strings to a system of a down and you got a stew going that you don't have on the fucking five previous tracks on here. Um, they get swooping when they want to, when you give them a little room to breathe. Thank you, Steve, for bringing that up. That is true. Um, it's a head nodder. Uh, who knows what it's about? Maybe drug addiction. Who knows? Serge likes to say it's like their version of guns and roses, Mr. Brownstone. um, and uh it's it has earned its jokes in social media but it is a journey and it's fun and it's a top notch part of this record i appreciated listening to it and every time it comes on i will not turn it off chop suey
2: you Franchise suicide I cry When angels deserve to die
0: yeah absolutely good god when i first heard uh chop suey uh it was probably right around the time uh this record was uh, released really close to 9-11 and uh this was their lead-off single and it was originally supposed to be called self-righteous suicide and uh they changed it because i i I don't think it was because the record was about to come out after. Uh, when did this record come out? Uh, I want to uh, say it came out like November, September 4th, 2001. Yeah. yeah so a one week
3: before, before yeah, September somebody, 11th. Somebody better, like somebody got a bonus somewhere for just saying, you know what? Let's change the title of that song <laughs> before the shit went down. Cause that wouldn't have been good. Yeah.
0: Yeah. No. And in fact, I think even with that lyric, it was banned from some radio stations.
3: Um, yes, absolutely. There was uh you want to look this up because of that lyric. And also, I think because that these were four guys that weren't white and they looked a little middle Middle Eastern. Um, they, they they had some pushback from some uh, getting some radio airplay, but it didn't didn't hurt the sales of the record. I mean, the people still won. People were hurt. I was going to say,
1: I remember this on MTV nonstop from that year. Like when I was, that was my year away in college. I remember it nonstop.
3: Yeah, no, but if you lived in, uh, I don't know, Utah, you probably didn't hear it on the radio. No,
0: no. I mean, it was played pretty regularly on MTV, even after all of that. And this the song is great. I mean, That's where System of a Down really excels, in my opinion. Sometimes you've got the nonsense that Eric had mentioned earlier in the previous tracks, and this one kind of letting everyone shine, and I think the songwriting is just so strong. We see it again a couple more times on this record, Um, but I mean, this is an amazing hit. Yes, it is memified, like Eric said, but for a good cause because everyone, I think, is always pro chop suey. I don't think anyone is anti chop suey.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I, I will, I will agree.
3: Yeah. It's probably meme to death just because it's, that's so powerful and, uh, and so unique. Um, I mean, it's just, I think, please, please,
1: when the fucking drums come in with the, uh, do you want to, like that, yeah. that, yeah, you can deny that. That's a that's an animal instinct right there.
3: Why to die? No, it's amazing. Like you know, it, it is still goofy at parts. It is still System of a Downy, but it always gives me chills. I mean, this is a song that I will listen to on repeat when I hear it. It's a song that's never. When I decided to pick System of a Down for season three, it's because of this song. I, I was on vacation in Tahoe. Um, with my family and I heard chop suey for the first time in like, I don't know, a few months. And I was like, Oh, you know what? We should, we got to have some new, you know, let's do system of it down. Like that song you can't deny it. Um, it hits me as hard now as it did back then when I was younger. And I have very vivid memories of hearing this song specifically. Um, I went and visited my grandparents in Reading. May they both rest in peace. Me and my little brother actually together. And I remember <laughs> I had a PlayStation two. I had Metal Gear Solid 2. We had a bunch of vodka that my brother was too young to drink. <laughs> and uh, I remember waking up the next day hungover and having to drive back to reality in uh, my old shitty Geo Metro and listening to Toxicity and Neurosis' Times of Grace back-to-back. And um, this song, just, I just said, repeat, repeat, repeat. Um, the production tone on those toms and the build-up is great. Uh, the lyrical delivery, the lyrical delivery is classic and there's a, a you know, reason it's been homage and parodied because it just works the frantic to the whispers that you wanted to's into the self-righteous suicide part. And in this case, the backup vocals actually add to it. They don't detract, uh, the way, the, the way the music and all the vocals lock in together with the classical part that Eric mentioned is masterful. Um, it's just a great pairing. Uh, I think there's a harp in there. There might be a harp at the end. Um, This is a case where like Rick Rubin in this case, he is that record producer with a ponytail being like, we have a hit. Like there's no way (laughs) when they put this together in the studio. They didn't know they had a hit because they did. Um, The part that really (laughs) always has got me and it actually gets me choked up. If I try to sing along to it is the, uh, the father, why have you forsaken me part? The way it goes frantically from the, the father and then you've got the, the guy in the background father and then, and then why have you forsaken me? And the whole band slows down. Um, that's a top, top 100 music moment for me. The, the, last, oh, yeah. the last bridge into the last chorus is amazing. It's very poetic, very poetic and melodramatic. It's great for a teenager. It's great for an adult. It could even be great for a kid. It's great for an old man. I think this song works for people of all ages. It is awesome. And it is the reason why we're talking about this album tonight. So Chop Suey, would I listen to it today? Of course I would. I'd listen to it today. (laughs) It's a great song. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah. My my wife would not let me play the video today,
1: but I watched it. That was
0: awesome. I will say, Stephen, that was like one of the most heartfelt (laughs) <laughs> expressions of a song I think on this entire series <laughs> that was yeah. that was good that the quality, was good.
3: the quality of this song is why we're talking about this record. It's just like that song this record's here that song is way up here. It's just a fucking great song. if they only had yeah. one hit and it was this they'd still be remembered for it. I think it's just an awesome song and the fact that it's named chop Suey at the last minute they changed the name to it and people don't forget the name. Like why is it called chop suey? I don't know, but it's called chop suey. Let's just, it's something. Yeah. it's uh, Pure brilliance, yeah. pure brilliance. Chop suey. We all agree. <laughs> now. <laughs> <laughs> For something completely different. <laughs> and again, that might be why people like this band or hate this band. We will talk about the song bounce. <laughs> <laughs> the pogo stick song which Eric probably slides right next to the pizza song
2: everyone gets to play run away expose was so exotic it's fucking
1: gross uh, it's not just that it's a bad song. It's a bad song. It's a bad song. Uh, jump, pogo, pogo, pogo. I went on a date with a girl a bit late. She had so many friends gliding through my hands. I brought my pogo stick to store a trick. Oh, I like to spread you out, touching whoever's behind. It's a song about an orgy. Whatever. It's fine. I'd, I'd, listen, I'm no prude. <laughs> I'm no prude. Uh, but here's the problem. Here is the problem. This band, and by the way, Thinking Man's New Metal, uh, take note of this particular track, Dumb as Dirt. But but, uh, the problem with this song is a few tracks later, they will write a song about a psycho slut groupie, and there you have your double standard.
3: I agree with you wholeheartedly. I agree, I agree. Serge
1: we'll just go ahead and do the whole daisy train on this song and then just absolutely be misogynistic about his psycho slut cocaine groupies in a few tracks later. I don't know. It's just a gross song out of place, dumb as dirt. So it does not uh, mentally fit on this record, but my own pro clutching morals aside musically, it's a little libiscuity, but it goes into a primus territory for a minute
0: pogo song. We got Bounce. Um the way that Eric makes this song sound uh sure sounds pretty dirty um because it doesn't make sense to me if that was Eric's reading on it because it was featured in the children's movie The Secret Life of Pets. <laughs> True fact this song was in that fucking animated kids movie.
1: Oh, uh, that was not a Disney, by the way. That was a was that like a uh, DreamWorks. Dreamworks, a Dreamworks. Uh, slop off. Uh, yeah, a little. Yeah. yeah. I mean, come
3: on. A uh, little drop of poison is in Shrek. Well, Shrek actually isn't for kids.
1: All right.
0: Continue. Um, <laughs> But. Yeah. This song is goofy as hell. Um, I, I didn't necessarily have to get on a stool and act like I had seen a mouse, <laughs> but
1: okay. <all> right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's not a rat. <laughs> uh,
0: yeah, there's a lot of that going on in this house. Um, but you know, it's, it, it's dumb. It's dumb. Uh, song is about sex. That's that's all there is to it. And uh, yeah, no, thanks. It's not my favorite.
3: This is another one where as soon as I'm about to check my watch, there is a pretty cool breakdown interlude in it, actually. But the meat of the song with the whole pogo stick and then, yeah, going down to, you know, hang out with some girls. Um, The contrast and styles is something that System of a Down likes to do. But in this case, it does not work. I think this song live probably is pretty fun. The whole bounce pogo 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 part. If you're in an audience and you're dancing with the music, that could be fun. But it does not make the cut. I will not be listening to it. In the future. As an old man. Moving on to a track that I think is far superior. Forest.
2: No televisions in the air. No circumcisions on the chair. You made the weapons for us all. Just look at us now. Why can't you see that you are my child?
1: Why don't you know that you are my my Great! Great track! Middle of the album, banger uh, about mother, ma- mother nature, man-made structures, kind of intersecting all that uh, perfection. Uh, there's some of these percussion uh, uh, intersections throughout the song that are great. It's just a quality prog metal track. I don't have a lot of I don't have a lot of uh, criticisms, and I mostly enjoy it.
3: It's, it's not fun. a lot of yeah. gripes. Huh, surprising from this corner of the uh, podcast, Mark. Do you agree?
0: um i do like this track um it uh has some pretty good drum work um from uh what's his name the trump guy let's just call him john i think his name is john john Dolan, who's the drummer
1: yeah, yeah. Uh, Naga shaman <laughs>
0: <laughs> that's that sounds about right um but uh, I do like this this track. Um, I guess this was one of the riffs that Rick Rubin really wanted to cite as an example of how System of a Downer is so different than anyone else out there in the game. Um, the whole thing around environmental aspects is there. Uh, someone had also said that this could have been an interpretation of a conversation between God and Jesus. Um, I guess. I don't know. The back half of this record is a little, uh, I, I would, I I would say this album is a little bit more backloaded, um, a little uneven at times, but I feel like as we're getting into the second half of this record, it starts to ramp up, um, into, you know, the very end of aerials. So I, I, think this is kind of the beginning of the ramp up and, uh, it's not bad. Uh, it's certainly not one of my favorite on the records, but it it certainly is leading you to the path of how this record's going to conclude.
3: I'll agree with you that this album's backloaded. I think uh, I think the album kind of turns with Chop Suey, and then Bounce comes up, and you're like, "What?" And then the rest of it from here on out, I think it's pretty smooth sailing, my But uh, Forest is a top shelf song on the album. Um, I think it runs the gamut on on different deliveries without being too schizophrenic but it still travels very much through some different song stylings. Um, It has some heart and melody, but it still has their madcap delivery. It's got some iron maiden-esque speed parts during the chorus. And uh, I wrote this note before Mark reminded me of the uh, domestic violence incident. It's got some Mastodon-esque rising riffage (laughs) and it blends seamlessly into the next track. Um, I like the, why can't you see that you are my child? Uh, the soaring to the yell bit right here where the vocals soar to a yell is great. And these chunk guitars come in chunk guitars is the proper guitar center term for them. And that's why people love this band. It's very cathartic Um, to quote the um, philosopher Fred Durst. Sometimes you just got to break shit. Um, That bit where the uh, take this promise for a ride and you've got the bass line and the drum in going back and forth. And then, just look at us now! And then it goes, why can't you? Da, da, da. You are my child, that whole thing. I, it's great. I, The ascending tonikian vocal melody is what gets us to that moment, and I love it, and I think it's a great song. Uh, top five song on this record for me. A Forest. Forest. A Forest is a Cure song. It's a great Cure song. It is. Talk, talk about a... That band has some perfect records, and we'll talk about them one day. Air, trees, water, animals, track nine. Eric, air, trees, waters, animals. No, this is not a dementia test to see if you're cognitively able to do the <laughs> I, I've got
2: nothing to gain to lose. All the world I've seen before me passing by I, I, You don't care about how I feel I don't feel it anymore You don't care about how I feel I don't feel it anymore You don't care about how I feel I don't feel it anymore You don't care about how I feel I don't feel it anymore
1: I started listening to this and I'm like, okay, there's more melody than most of the songs on here. There's a swooping melody. That's that's appreciated. It. It's great. It's great. Uh, and then uh, I drop my coffee mug and it shatters on the floor. When I realize the lyrics are uh, uh, deitizing Charles Manson, <laughs> the song "Air Trees, Water Animals." is about Charles Manson's belief about the environment, which is probably true, that, you know, essentially, we're going to all burn out the human race and, and 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 leave the world to truly who deserves it, which is nature. But, uh, wow, they've got some beliefs about Charles Manson. The whole swastika on the forehead, killing people, They believe he got a bad rap. The uh, interesting... This is where my political beliefs and uh, Serge and the the band diverge a little bit. I don't believe uh, I can back Charles Manson. (laughs) And this song is about how great his environmental beliefs are. So there's a pretty good groove on this song. It's melodic. Great. Uh, Problematic.
3: Sorry, guys. Problematic. Well, Guns N' Roses covered uh, Charles Manson 1. And that won't be the first time I bring up Guns N' Roses tonight. Wait. No, that will be the first time. That won't be the last time I bring up Guns N' Roses tonight. Mark, what do you think about uh, air, trees, water, animals?
0: I mean uh the, the Beach Boys man like you know Charles Manson was out there doing things
1: I mean at this just... point though they knew about you know killing pregnant actresses they they knew about that part you know the Beach Boys <laughs> can claim ignorance
0: Well, it all worked out with uh, the release of Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Does
3: anybody want some fried sauerkraut?
0: <laughs> all right. So, Air a- ATWA, uh, probably the world's worst airline. Am I right? Is this thing on? Um...
1: <laughs> <laughs> Would you like a bag of nuts? Oh, no, that's just our spokesperson Charles manson He's nuts.
0: <laughs> and then freeze frame with the thumbs up. <laughs> Anyhow, uh yeah, th- th- this <laughs> All right. Uh where is my notes? I'm sorry. We're going into uh weasel mode here.
3: <laughs> Sounds like we might have going in we might be going in angel dust territory. <laughs> What's that? I said we might be going into angel dust territory.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> and like I idealizing or idolizing uh Charles Manson. Uh I Darren said like I'm not for the killing, I'm more for like what he was talking about with society and nature. And that's still like a giant question mark, because how can you set aside like the shitty shit that he did? Uh, Melodically, the song actually works. I mean, it is one of those songs that it builds from where the forest ended up, and it is leading towards the uh, conclusion of this record. I don't think that it's completely. I think there's some hills and valleys uh, towards the back half of this record as well but it 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 just goes to show that when they do try to click in with one another and really try to expand their songwriting, uh, they have the ability to do that. And I think that when they want to get really kind of more simplified in either the new metal slash punk, whatever sort of uh, Armenian metal genre that they're trying to generate here, um, I, I think that... Uh, when they get more expansive rather than trying to be Mm -hmm. something that would be a P p more appealing to like mosh pits, that's where they get better.
3: No, I wish I agree with you. I wish this band, I wish they didn't quit making albums and I wish they would have continued to try to expand their sound and become more macro. I think that would have been good for them. Like imagine, I mean, they put out a double album, but, like imagine the the system of a down version of the fragile, which just peaks and valleys, a lot of different song types, orchestration would be great. Not going to get it. So yeah, air, tree, waters, animals. I think the song is very uh, beautiful with its opening. Um, there's a lot of rolling R's here again, but I think the backup vocals with both the melodic and the death metal yowls kind of both work for me on this one um it's a it's a it's a cool mix. you've got rolling Rs, you've got death metal vocals, you've got melodic vocals in a like a ballad type atmosphere um this song has something close to a guitar solo for them. they don't have many of those. often their songs aren't long enough to justify a guitar solo, but there's this like sonic guitar freak out in this one that I think is great um I think that lyrically it's catnip for teenagers. The whole, you don't care how I feel bit is very much teenager stuff. And something about this band on this track and others uh, upon like the 10th listen of this record reminds me of green day. There's something about system of a down that reminds me of green day. It might be the blend of hard with, um, like the attempt of being hard, catchy and a little goofy. And the difference is, with Green Day, there is no surge. In Green Day, um, uh, who's the guitar player in this? Um, blanking the
4: name. Jimmy Christmas, not Chavo. Chavo.
3: It's Darren. Darren. Darren's the Darren's the Billy Joe in this. Billy Joe in this band. <laughs> That's. Um, uh, something, something about Green Day and system reminds me of uh, each other. And on this track, it does. I've actually become Green Day is one of those things much like actually new metal for me and, um, nineties Marvel comics, where as you get in your twenties, you announce all that stuff, then, then you get older and you come back to some of it and Green Day is something that in the last few years I've gone back to. And I actually really adore that band and sometimes system of a down make me go to the same place. I don't know. So yeah, this is a track that I will listen to as an old man still. Science, the spirit moves through all things. Let's see if the spirit moves all three of us. Let's Science listen. Has Science. Our mother,
2: right? Science has to recognize the single most potent element of human existence, letting the range go to the. Info.
1: That it it, it it has a lot of space. It builds. Uh, it really catches me when the reverb ca- clicks in. Mm. You like reverb? I do. I do like reverb. I do like reverb. I mean, you gotta make it wet, maybe, Make it wet.
3: Um, <laughs> <laughs> we haven't gone full dice play like tonight. After so hours. Like, yeah, we haven't. Yeah. We haven't gone full dice play <laughs> tonight. So this is uh, there's still cool time. Uh, this the
1: lyrics though, like, uh, I don't disagree with Serge's sentiment here in that science, like, it's easy to like, just say like, oh, I believe in science and like take a political stance on that. Like, I appreciate that he's taking it further. Like science also justifies destroying the environment and industry and like, you know, like uh, that whole industry bit Uh, industry. You know that old bit. Like I don't disagree with Serge there. However, there are some inklings in the air about what's to come, about some like granola moms anti-vaxxer shit that I feel like no. we intersects with their politics uh, on this on this track. Uh, not quite there yet, but we're getting there. Uh, my spidey senses are tingling. I do love the reverbed out the
0: guitar work, though. There you go. Uh, Eric is absolutely killing me. (laughs) Uh, The best. The best. All right, science. Here's the thing with this song. All right. Musically, once again, uh, System of a Down, lure me in like the Pied Piper. Uh, I think it's, it's great... You know, throwing elbows and nodding your head through traffic and, you know, just working through some stuff in the day kind of song. And then when you're listening to the lyrics, they're like, wait, uh, they're they're against science. They're they're for faith. Ah, ah, OK. Wait, wait a minute. I I, Is this some anti-vax Kind of song, uh, so I don't know. I mean, maybe I'm looking it through in today's post-pandemic uh, prism. But I will say that, like, when it comes down to it, I'm on uh, team science versus team faith, and I don't know if this is—I don't know. I, I have no idea where to really begin with the lyrics. I just one of those things that uh, it's a little bit of a disconnect you like the song, but lyrically, I don't know if I say that I like this song.
3: Yeah, you know, I didn't think that too much. I mean, I did think, obviously, on top of the science, the the, the spirit moves for all things is like, all right, they're talking about faith over <laughs> faith over science. Oh, those terrible shirts, <clears throat> which is interesting because Surge and the drummer now like do not like they, they've politically they disagree all the time, and um. The drummer's definitely gone more in the uh the faith over uh fear the direction. Um but I do like this song. I, I think that this is another one that has like a cure breakdown. It has like a good uh melodic early eighties rock breakdown. Uh and I I feel like this one, Serge's delivery is like a an anti maniacs episode. I mean, he's talking like he's delivering a lecture. And then the blurts out about the science. And then he does this weird accent, which is not his speaking voice, into this end of the world soaring drama vocals and more rolling R's. Um, All of that stuff I like. But really, what saves it for me on this one is that in the middle, there's this Middle Eastern breakdown and it really moves. So that's why I will still. Even though I don't know about the message, I agree with the song science at this point. All right, we are we're coming down into the home stretch here. Let's shimmy down to the next track. Track shimmy. Education fornication and you are go. Cool. Education subjugation
2: now you're a out. Education fornication and you are go. Cool. Don't be late. Me, I want
1: oh yeah, I don't, not a lot to say about this. It's, uh, looking at mind control for the people. Um, uh, Serge is just kind of screaming orders to kind of nail that idea home. Uh, this is early in the internet and probably pretty prophetic as far as the internet's hold over mind control. I don't know. I, you know, I, I don't disagree with his message here. Um, subjugation of damnation. You know, great sloganeering. Um, the uh, the uh, vibes, I, I, honestly, the vibes for the music, it, it all works for me. Like, this is them kind of like nailing their mission statement. Um, you know, I'm not, obviously not over the moon about it, but I'm enjoying myself with this track.
0: Yeah, I'm almost there with you. I mean, uh, System of a Down, trying to do a little, another brick in the wall part too. Uh, the shimmy shimmy stuff, like, okay, fuck off, man. Fuck off. I, I I don't want to hear this shimmy, shimmy shit. <laughs> I, I
4: mean, are you trying it's, to no, do? it's no ODB. It's no
1: ODB.
0: It's, it's no ODB. And if this is also a little bit of uh, Another Brick in the Wall Part 2, is this also a little bit of Once in a Lifetime with the You May Find Yourself. Uh, so, yeah, again, fuck off with that. I, I just I don't like this song. Um, but I could see why it could potentially get the pit going. So that's one thing about system of a down that just, they know how to feed some red meat to their audience. How to feed the pit. And (laughs) this is one of those songs, baby.
4: Yeah,
3: no. And I agree with you. It's my least favorite song on the album. I will not be listening to this as an old man, but you're right. It's here to feed the pit. They don't just feed the pit too often, so we'll allow it. But if you deleted track 11, uh, I wouldn't be uh, heartbroken from this record. And speaking of deleting things, may I take this moment to say back in the news, I should have mentioned that uh, Lars Ulrich from Metallica's father died. And Lars's father is a patron saint of metal. Obviously him and Lars's mother put Lars in a place to where he helped form one of the greatest metal bands of all time. But also Lars's father is a, uh, an old Danish tennis player and in the film, some kind of monster, which is the documentary of their making of St. Anger. He's famously in that scene where Lars shows him a track from St. Anger. And Lars's dad says, I think you should delete it. <laughs> ah. <laughs> what that I'm movie's curious. not
1: streaming anywhere. I want to watch that movie. Look at it's that. Not- <laughs>
3: <laughs> I, it used to be on Netflix. on Netflix for years. Go just Google Lars's dad, delete it, and it'll come up. And it's one of my favorite things of all time. So whenever I say delete it, I, what is, I think of him. Um,
0: what is uh, what
3: does Lars say? I, I think he laughs. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Yeah, that that's <laughs>
1: me drumming. That's just me drumming. That was one that was one track of me drumming, Dad.
0: <laughs> um, look it's at a up. file cabinet.
3: Alright, so we got three songs left. Two are all timers. One is gonna have a lot of discussion, but is not an all timer Number 12 is the title track, Tossicity. Soft 12 version
2: 7.0 Looking at life through the eyes of a tire hug. The pastime activity The toxicity of our city, of our city It's oh! on!
1: On this album is when they pool their resources. They bring in the big strings, they bring in the big moments. Uh, uh, fucking, uh, uh, you've got uh, our producer rolling out of bed to pull out some strings, and we've got a big album. Uh, this song itself um, is great, it's big. It's rich, lush production. Rick Rubin woke up from his nap just in time <laughs> to hit the <laughs> to hit the buttons, and uh, that uh, it's great. It's great. It's it, it, it's along the lines with Chop Suey as far as like it takes you on a journey. It's not just like cut and paste hyperactive metal. This is there's a lot going on. I fucking disagree with the sentiment on this song, though. And this is just coming from a personal place. This song is talking about how... and I realize this is 2001, the ADHD pandemic was happening where everybody was prescribing pills to kids. Like, I've seen my own kid fucking tear a classroom apart and then get on medication and actually be successful in school. Like, this song is once again aligned with science with the, you know, the the science song where it's like judging people for using medication and tying that into like fake Hollywood culture, which I think is unfair. I this is where me and 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 down split ideologically.
3: No, it's fair too. I, that being I, agree. Said, I mean, as a day like it's I told a shred, you, right? it's
1: a shreddy song. It's a, it's a shreddy song. It's good.
3: Yeah. As, as a, you know, we're having, we're raising a, a, a three-year-old who is very hyperactive and who knows where that's going to go. Wherever it needs to go, it's going to go. And I'm not going to have a problem if it needs to go somewhere where we give him something to help him out. So yeah, I agree with you. That's a little, uh, irritating. I, I've always said I'm not a lyric. Well, I'm not a lyric guy. Primarily, sometimes I'll hear lyrics and not even think of them. And for this track, I never looked too deeply into them. I kind of was like, oh yeah, it's talking about how LA probably sucks. And that was about it. But you're right. That, that bit about it is a little bit more, um, irritating, but the quality of the music outweighs it for me, but it's not my turn yet. It's Mark's.
0: Well, I guess I'll uh feel a little guilty by saying this is one of my all-time favorite system of a down songs and probably my f- and and probably my favorite re- uh song on the record. Um I mean yeah.
1: I mean me too. Me too. I mean I agree it's a fantastic song. I just the message just that's the problem with them is like everything could be great. And then they fuck it up some way, whether it's musically or fucking lyrically, they find a way to fuck it up.
3: (laughs) He is so goofballed as well. Like, I don't know, like, I don't even know what his point is half the time. Like he could spell it out exactly. And yes, prison song. I know exactly what his point is, but his metaphors and his chicken stew of lyrics and a song like toxicity. I'm not entirely sure if he's bad mouthing. Relying on medication. But when Eric puts it that way, I'm like, yeah, he kind of is. So I don't know.
0: I mean, I, 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 always took it because of the album artwork. It was more of a, um, uh, a takedown on the whole Hollywood culture and LA and all of that. And so I never really took it that way until I was doing my research uh, for this record. And I saw that Darren even mentioned that it was regarding ADHD. So I could, I could see that um, because of, you know, your, your background and how that could potentially be pretty, pretty annoying. Um, But looking past that (laughs) and this is where I don't want to minimize anything that you're feeling because I mean, you also recognize that it's a pretty well-crafted song. (laughs) It is just one of those things that you have some conflict on um, because what are they trying to espouse? Uh, And especially looking at the prism of people in our age group who grew up listening to this stuff like, where are they at when it comes to living in a post-pandemic world or living in a, um, you know, medicated world? And I think that medication, and again, this kind of harkens back to that song, Science. That's where I kind of have a little bit of a disconnect. And this it's kind of doubling down on that a little bit um, when you kind of really read the lyrics. Um, but... I think it's just such a well-crafted song. It really it is. is. No, it
1: is. It, this is what's frustrating about them is like they have so, is well-crafted song. It's like there's so many pains in the world. Why is this your focus on this song? Like you, you got actually slice out about a quarter of the song and still make some good points about shallow society. It's just I don't know.
3: Yeah the title track off this record is it's one of the most anthemic songs in modern metal. I think, um, okay. it was a big single when this record came out and it soups and it sw- soars. It's got chunks. It's got, uh, it doesn't get too frantic. Um, it's not a ballad, but it has like a waltzy, uh, quality to it. And, um, yeah, I, I, I think out of the three singles, it's actually my third favorite. Um, My second favorite's the closing track, spoilers. But I've always thought this is a great song. And I thought it was cool that they, the three singles they put out for this record. I mean, if they could put out more songs of that caliber, they were, it's really interesting that they chose the most densest songs for their singles. Usually singles, Um, not usually, but. I mean, often the safer bet for a single is something more straight ahead that doesn't, isn't too complex. I mean, you don't want to go putting La Mer out as a single or something, but the, the songs they chose to put out as singles on this record were the most, um, well thought and, uh, melodic and also the ones with the most movements for the most part, I think. And toxicity was definitely one of them. I thought it was pretty cool. the song became so popular. Um, yeah, and the sacred science and sleep—I I like that line. Um, and I, I love how just the—you know—the—the—the—the uh, the, guitar is kind of descend into the chorus. It's good. Um, shout out to the drums on this this song. I think the drums are the best drumming that uh, Mister Doloman does in this album. Toxicity. We agree, it's a good song. We don't know how we feel about the lyrics because we don't even know what the lyrics mean. Except they might mean there's a problem with uh, medication. But still, a good track. Now, we do know what the lyrics mean for the next song <laughs> called Psycho. And it has not aged well. So, you want the world to stop? Stopping and watch
2: your body fully drop from the time you were. Crazy psycho group makes you high, makes you high, makes you really wanna go. Stop! Psycho groupico, came crazy, psycho groupie, makes you high,
1: makes you high. Do you really wanna think it stop? Stop Listen, your... This song is uh super catchy. I'm trying to be positive here. Like, I feel like you're gonna sing this song to your kids as they fall asleep. It's 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 a very catchy track. Uh, but like I said before, earlier, when we talked about the Orgy song, this is a, the other side of that. They are they are very, uh, they wrote a whole song about how much they dislike their cocaine crazy groupies. And maybe something happened. Maybe there was a, a, a scary groupie situation. I don't know. It, it does reveal a double standard lyrically. Uh, the song itself is new metally catchy. I'm not going to diss the musicianship on this track. I will just say lyrically, Ghostface Killa from Wu-Tang Clan wrote a song about this exact same situation called Big Girl. You're a big girl now. It was a song about how... Uh, groupies that were addicted to cocaine would try to get into his inner circle and he was trying to give them some life lessons about changing their their ways. And it's a lot more soul. Much better song about the same issue. And I'm giving Sysmo down a lot of credit on that. So uh, that's what I got to say about this song.
0: All right. So um, I like it better when Queens of the Stone Age... Did their song Feel Good Hit of the Summer. Um, I feel like do not Don't do not Don't Don't Don't" is better of a melody of that stop and start that uh I know that Queens of the Stone Age came later, but I think that they perfected it. Same sort of musical themes about groupies, the whole rock and roll lifestyle, cocaine, and sex. And I think it's really strange that this band can uh, talk about Armenian genocide and then having, again, another Pink Floyd reference, another version of Young Lust. Um, The one thing that does save this song, however, it has a pretty great guitar solo at the end. And uh the outro is also pretty top-notch. I
3: will bring that up. But yep.
0: ultimately, I think that uh the majority of this album, or the majority of this uh song rather, and I would say like the thing about System of a Down is like sometimes like we had mentioned this before, like three-fourths of the song are just like all right right. And then it just hits you with that one-fourth mm-hmm. that's stronger than the three-fourths. Yep. And that kind of happens here.
3: <clears throat> Completely agree with you on that part right there. Um, yeah, this song has an age will age super well. The lyrically, uh, the the musical bits that work don't totally outweigh the lyrics. Um, and listen, I'm a guy that like, I love the Guns N' Roses song one in a million. And One in a Million has terribly politically incorrect lyrics that came out in like 1988 or 89. I'm not the PC lyric police, but. Hey man, Dire Straits
0: Money for Nothing also drops that F bomb, and I will stand that fucking song
3: and video. uh, But both of them, uh, the music outweighs the lyrical faux pas. This one, I'm not sure if it does, and I'm on the fence. I think I was even on the fence 20 years ago until the fucking guitar solo that Mark talked about. They don't have a lot of guitar solos, and when they do anything resembling a guitar solo, it's pretty fun. And there's also some synths buried at the, at the end of this this track. And they um, they did it again. They about crash the plane, but they pull it up at the very last second on this track. And I actually... B- b- on my list of will I listen to the song as an adult, I will I will grit my teeth through the first three fourths and then I will really enjoy the end. Like Mark said, uh, it sounds like it belongs on the first album, though. This is this level of zaniness and juvenile lyrics would fit more at home on their first record. So Psycho, I'm actually surprised we don't all outrightly write it off as much as I thought we would. Look at that. The last track, Aerials in the Sky. Always want to play, but you never want to lose.
1: From a couple tracks that really get to me and then some that I've tolerated and then some that I tolerated to enjoyed and some that I've not liked at all. What a way to fucking end this album. Like, the, By the way, not the last track. I do realize that. Yeah, as far as the, the
3: last, last track's just a... a full
1: band song. Um, holy hell, it's great. It's swooping the... This, there's like some really subtle vocal work that's going on. It's wonderful. Um, I feel like I've been on a journey with this album and this is a perfect uh, end cap to it. It's a it, it, nightcap. It's great. Um, and it's about expanding your worldview, seeing the big picture, arrows in the sky. Just, when you lose the small mind, you free your life. And I think that's important. Seeing the big picture, it's great. I uh, I, I I really like the song. I think it's great.
3: Mark, do you really like Ariel's as well.
0: I do like Ariel's. Uh, however, I would say to the chef that cooked this song, you got a little bit of tool in here. Got a little bit of tool in here. Well, too much tool. That bass line. Uh definitely is a uh third cousin of forty six and two.
3: That's not a problem. It's a great baseline. Um, I do
0: so you fucking it's a great baseline. I mean, I think that's the DNA of all humankind <laughs> yeah, right
3: <exactly>. there. <laughs> Forty-six and two. I'm still so irritated we didn't do that record for our fucking uh tool record. I God,
0: know. That was my fucking it. fault. <laughs> I know. I pick ultra and lateralis, guys. Let's strike one and two. Um but aerials is good uh i think that it was the third signal uh single uh shavo directed the video for this didn't get as much airplay as i want to say toxicity and chop suey but it was still a really good one um and i think this is kind of their forgotten like third single off i, I mean because as you go through system of a down's career um they still got regular radio play but a lot of that was really geared around the first i would say two records maybe maybe a little bit of that uh, third B- one.
3: Byob a lot of radio play but you're right
0: i don't i can't remember the name of any sort of single off of uh mesmerize though or that was on mesmerize Hi- hypnotize anyhow um i just i think that Ariel's is kind of one of their forgotten songs and when you hear it you're like oh yeah this song mm-hmm. it's a good mm-hmm. one um, because I think it does get a little bit overshadowed significantly by chop suey and even to a lesser extent, even, uh, uh, toxicity. It's a good one though. Um, and I mean, lyrically it, it seems like some Maynard James Keenan nonsense, um, which is fine. I, I don't mind that I subscribe to that nonsense. Um, so for, for me, this song works
3: Yeah, no, it's got, this is them doing Tool. You're right. Between the bass line, which is great, and the Maynard James Keenan-esque vocal, or uh, lyrics. Um, But they sound really beautiful on this song. And it it just, they can do more than wacky new metal. Um, I think it's a very organic and orchestral piece of songwriting, but still it gets really heavy. The part where the, the, the riff comes in, it does the melody, the bong, 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 and there's drum fucking rolls. I mean, I think the drummer does his best uh, Danny Carey impression on some of the drum rolls in this this track, um, and the the soaring chorus with the aerials in the sky. Uh, it, it's it's the most theatrical song in the album, and uh, it's a great ending. Like Eric said, it's, it feels like a grand finale. This album, what you think of it? and we'll think we'll talk about what we think about it in a minute. It still goes in many different places and somehow they bring it all home with this last track. Um, it's a very beautiful piece of music. And I actually like, I enjoy, like, it feels good in my ears. And even when I was 21 years old, this song, I was like, Whoa, man, this is something really profound. And even now 43, I'm like, Whoa, man, this is actually still pretty profound. Um, It's a great song. It's timeless. Uh, I just repeated myself. 20-year-old me and old me now likes the song just as much. And uh, the harmonizing between uh, the guitar player and the lead vocalist really works in this track as well. You should seek out the the SNL version. They played Saturday Night Live, and they did a version of this, and Serge uh, plays rhythm guitar. It's pretty good. Closes strong. Not a good of song as hurt, but it's up there for like album closers with the same weight to me. Um, really good album closer. This this song. Aerials. And fifteen is uh, Arto. It's a song with some bongo drums and a uh, flute. Little coda there. Not bad, but it's just you could have just tacked it onto the end of the last track. So, all right, let's rate this record. Eric, on a scale of one to five, how many goatees do you give this album?
1: All right. Well, before I tell you that, I want you to
3: know that he's going to, he has to, he has to fucking qualify and quantify the, the one point he's going to give it.
1: (laughs) I I love my time with them. And I appreciate some of the politics. I find a lot of the songs very frustrating. At the same time, very fun. I am frustrated and I'm having fun at the same time. Like that's marriage, not a great. That's not a great experience. I'm going to give it one point five. What I give toxicity. <laughs> 1.5 goatees, that's my answer. That was my answer a week ago. I God. hoped it improved on the last two listens. It has not. 1.5 goatees.
3: I mean, I gotta go look at my scores that I gave to Fad Gadget and that album by the guy from Hamilton. but Jesus Christ, man. I mean, <laughs> wow. The Eric, or Mark, I, pick us up a bit. Uh, I expected the I little like close of Eric, but not slander. Fad Gadget
1: was a lot better than this. No, it uh, was not
3: at all. The Fat Gadget I'll never listen to <laughs> again for the rest of my life. Um, <laughs> Mark.
1: <laughs> I mean, Steve. All right. all
0: right. No, go ahead, Eric. Go ahead. Go ahead. I'm no, not going to cut no. you off.
1: No, no. I, I have nothing to say. Your I, grievances. My my enjoyment of this was about a 1.5 goatee. That was, that was it. It was not a zero. I enjoyed it a little bit. That's oh, it.
0: All right. Well, I, I'm I mean, for the record, that is Eric's lowest score yes, in yes. the entire season. <laughs> I'm just stunned. Um, I mean, I thought it would at least score a little higher than like LA Woman, but okay.
1: <laughs> I like that one a little better. I did like that one a little better.
0: All right, all right. There um, are actually so,
3: there are actually parallels between Jim Morrison and Serge's lyricals output. That's funny. Sure. Yeah.
0: But here's the thing. I I think that System of a Down um, as a band and this particular album is clearly their best. I don't think that they're the best uh, uh, representation of the time frame of where they were coming from. I mean, it seemed like the band kind of fizzled out as well. And in some respects, I would say even their catalog kind of fizzled out as well. So I, I think uh, they're an above average band, that's for sure. I think that they uh, can be a little bit repetitive, monotonous, silly, goofy, to the point of exhaustion. And then they just pull out these fucking magic tricks that just make you just so elated that you're listening to it at that particular time. Uh, I think they capture it the best on this record. Um, so I give it a three point five, um, but I think that has declined over the years. I think when I first heard this, I, I thought it was one of the best albums that I'd heard um, in the early two thousands. Maybe in that first you know ten years, I would definitely say Toxicity was one of the highlights of that decade. And um,
3: I, I just I,
0: I can't necessarily look at the band the same way. I can't even look at Rage Against the Machine the same way either. I I think that I go Well, no, no, no. It's not so much the politics. It's just sometimes like it's the uh I mean, if you heard one Rage Against the Machine album, you kind of heard them all. That that sort of mentality. Um I think they're a great band. They just know how to replicate their success over three records. Um but yeah, System of a Down, 3.5. I think that this is certainly a great record for its time. I just think as it holds up, it's not necessarily going to be in my all-time classics.
3: Yeah. The, I mean, I, for me, to understand the power of this record, you ha- I cannot separate it from, excuse me, the time it was released in the genre from when it was popular. And that's like a, another version of nostalgia. Uh, There was no real internet yet. I mean, the internet was there, but there was no like streaming music and you didn't have music access to all types of music everywhere. Like kids do now. And so when you would get a band like system of a down, they would incorporate bits of world music. They would incorporate bits of death metal. They would incorporate bits of, uh, uh Howard Zinn uh type uh, thoughts to get all that in one band I thought was pretty cool and very important. They were keyholes into other genres of music and politics that um <clears throat> you didn't get everywhere else. And if you felt stuck in the Midwest, or I don't know, in California, a band like this was a great outlet. Um so that's one reason why I think they were important. They like, you know, that's Whole new metal thing, you had, you had kids getting into metal, which was cool, but it was like this like bro version of metal. Then you had System of a Down, with the exception of a psycho, uh, doing their best to try to elevate the medium a little bit. They were the Fraser of new metal, if you will. But then you know, repeated listenings to it, like Mark said, I mean, it just sounds great. It 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 there's it it it, it has juvenile moments, sure. But for every juvenile moment, if you stick with it, I think there's two moments that will make you think, oh, I get it. And Mark used the word exhausting. And I actually wrote, sometimes I feel like being a fan of System of a Down is like being a friend to me or married to me. Or sometimes you're like, Christ, do I got to go see Steve today? But then you're like, God, he can be exhausting. But then when you come see me, you're like, actually, I love spending time with Steve. Same thing with System of a Down can wear you out, but at the end of the day, you're going to love it. Um, and that's why I give it a 3.75. And I'll be honest with you. When we rolled this thing and I had to listen to them over and over again, there were times where I was like, oh, my God, this band. But this album, like, it grew on me the more I listened to it. I was like, oh, I, I know why I like this record so much. And that, that just, uh, you know, Eric hated it more and I loved it more. <laughs> so. <laughs> <laughs> um 3.75 anyhow i'm glad we did a little foray a new metal i think we could do a corn episode and talk it to death i think a slipknot episode would be fun but for some reason from that genre system of a down was the one i went with so that being said we're gonna leave my uh, jinkos and uh wallet chains behind and where are we going next
0: Five. Well, boys, it is time to talk Donny Brasco because we got a Fugazi over here. Oh, oh! All
1: right. Hey,
0: all right. See. So Eric's recommendation of Fugazi's album from 1999, The Argument.
3: Was it released in 99 or 2001? Uh, 2001. 2001.
1: It's
0: 2001. My was it 2001? Sorry, I was yeah. trying to go off the dome. I, I wasn't yeah. looking my notes, but yeah, 2001. Yeah. Really, another 2001 record. Released right. one month later, one month later from the album that we just talked. Another
3: album I bought right when yeah. it, we all bought right when it came out. I think. Um, yeah, I think we all worked at the record store. And also another political album, yeah. but in a much different way. It'll be good. Good, good thing to tail yeah. off yeah. this movie. Yeah. Actually, uh, both and well, both Ian McKay yeah. yeah. and Surge were reading Howard Zinn, so there's a connection.
0: That is true. There that is, is true. a connection there. That is true. This All right. So until next time, this has been Mark, Eric, and Steve saying we hope that we brought you closer to Goatee. goatees. Goatees. We'll see you next time with Fugazi. All right.
3: How long was this short episode?